Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't know what the Romans do. Well, you, on an evening in Roma, Come bella cella luna brilla, strette, strette come i tutta bella prasteggia. Sotto il cielo de Roma. Been watching uh, lots of episodes of Fat Pizza and Halzos. And so now I have Dean Martin firmly in my scone with jam and cream. Hello, welcome to the Dumb Down Atheist Podcast. The podcast that is um, dumbed down so that people like myself with incredibly low IQs can get the pitcher, as it were, and fill it full of water or wine, as the case may be. For some, it's Dry July. A Facebook friend of mine, she's doing Dry July and everyone's teasing, including me, teasing her on Facebook. I wrote the other day, don't worry, only 28 days, 6 hours and 41 minutes to go, but who's counting? And then, I, and then I felt a bit mean, so I went to her campaign and, and pledged her a thing on PayPal, because it's for the Cancer Centre in Ballarat, her one is anyway, so. Uh, well done if you've taken the pledge and done the dry July, no alcohol. You're a better person than I am, but then you probably already know that. Oh, speak, uh, hmm. this is the podcast. Well, you know what we do on this podcast, don't you? We talk about atheism, skepticism, things, and clear thinking. Not that we get much of that. And, uh, and other things that may take my fancy, as the case may be. Speaking of, do you know, I, I don't know why I'm going to start with this. This has got nothing to do. I was travel. I was on a train, I was on a train some time ago. And, um, well, I wasn't on the train. I went to the station and I had to go somewhere. And when the train pulls into the other end, if you're up the wrong end of the carriage, it's a really long walk to where the ticket thing is. That's why I got a mobility scooter. You see, if I ever have to travel, I can do use that. Because I'm I'm like, (gasps) but you know that. Anyway, so I thought to myself, well, it's a shorter platform walk if where I get on the platform here. This is before I had my scooter. So I'll put myself through the grief of getting up the other, getting up the wrong end now because it's less because they park the train further away even when you get to the other end. And I went up there and I was sitting down and someone had left a newspaper, <clears throat> a brand new newspaper on the bench near where I was sitting. And I thought, oh, gee, I hope someone hasn't left this. We've got on the previous train and left their paper behind, I thought. 
Then I noticed the paper was sort of a bit lumpy, and I lifted it up and found there was a clipboard underneath. I thought, oh, dear. And I thought, well, maybe there's an identifying person's name on this clipboard, and I'll wait for one of the station staff to wander past because I can't walk all the way back down, and I'll get them to put it into lost property in case this person rings. And I looked at the clipboard, and it had, you know those people that accost you in the street to do charity thing? How you doing, buddy? And then they try and sign you up for stuff. It was like that. And there was various bits, and I thought, but there's no name on it. Oh, oh dear. So I thought, all right, I know what I'll do. If someone walks past, like a station person, I'll say, someone's left this here, and perhaps they're on the train now on their way to, like, Melbourne, where they're supposed to be handing out these forms. They're going to have a pretty miserable day. So if they ring the station, it'll be noticeable, you see. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll put the clipboard on top of the paper. That way it's very identifiable. So I did, and I pushed it to one side. And I sat there for like another 10 minutes because I was very unfashionably early. When suddenly this man who was about 60 came out of the cafeteria, which was a fair way down the platform, and slumped his way up with a chocolate or strawberry milk drink in his hand and half a bitten off sandwich and stepped up to me and said, clipboard was under it when I left it. And as I went to say... Yes, well, yeah, I've been, you know, because I'd been sitting there like 15 minutes or more. I went to say, yes, because I was worried someone had lost it and I thought it'd be easier to identify. He snatched it off the seat and walked away grizzling like I'd, like I'd invaded his privacy, like I'd been stealing his paper. And I thought to myself, if I was going to steal your paper, I would have folded it up and tucked it in my bag, wouldn't I? And you'd have turned up and said, did you see a paper here? And I would have gone, no. Nah. It's just like trying to do you a favour, you know. And I would have like handed it in, but the, anyway. So I'm sitting there, and then, and then, and then, the man from V Line comes up and says, "We're doing rope. We're doing works on this platform today. You have to catch this train from platform two, which means you've got to go up over the huge footbridge. It's huge." And I went, "Oh, mate, I've got a dodgy heart. Getting up over there's oh, it's going to kill me." He said, "Well, don't worry about it. Just walk the long way around, which is like an incredibly long way." And it was at that point, I think, you know, the whole sort of notion of the mobility scooter thing, especially my one, because it folds up. It folds up like a suitcase, and it's quite easy to sort of deal with. So I managed to get up one side of the footbridge, and I'm like, it's a huge bridge. And I'm, I get up there, and I'm almost like having a heart attack when suddenly, luckily, one of the employees of the station saw me and said, do you want me to, like, carry your bag down the other step? And I went, yes, thank you, if you could. So I got on the opposite side of the platform, right? And meanwhile, that bloke who'd stormed off came back out. No one had told him the train was leaving from platform two. And I'm crossed by this stage because I'm angry with him. Now, I should just be a forgive and forget kind of guy, but sometimes I'm not. And I'm thinking, there's no point. If I get into a fist fight with him, I'm in deep trouble because I can't, I can't breathe. I'll fall. But I decided I would go up to where opposite where he was and ask him why he was such a dick from across the thing and then hopefully watch the train come in and he would miss it but anyway as I wandered up there someone told him the train was on the other platform so I thought I'll stay where I am which I did and um and when he comes down the other side of the bridge I'm going to stare him out because I was really angry with him and I did stare him out and then he went and skulked off back into the cloakroom and didn't make eye contact with me and then we got into the same carriage and he just kept to himself
Anyway, I don't know why I told you that story. <clears throat> it bugged me all day. I was pissed off with the world. Anyway, uh, from time.com, our friend Mr. Kerry is still doing it. From July 1, this is. Jim Carrey brands California governor fascist over vaccine laws. Carrey's been an activist on this issue since his relationship with Jenny McCarthy, which I think they said on the Stern show, the trouble is she'll fuck the funny completely out of him, which I thought was quite a, quite a funny joke. But anyway, Jim Carrey left his 14 million Twitter followers in no doubt about his feelings on California's tough new vaccination law. Well, I think we're doing the similar thing here. You don't get no government money for your kids if you don't vaccinate them. And of course, everyone's screaming, oh, it's my civil liberties. Yes. Mm. The actor believes there's a link between vaccines and autism. And I don't know why he still thinks that. He's obviously a very stubborn person. It's been proven over and over that it's not true. He branded California's governor, Jerry Brown. I wish they all could be California. A corporate fascist after he signed into law one of the strictest immunisation programs in the country earlier in the day. In a series more than half a dozen tweets that ended in a flurry, well, they sell them at McDonald's, don't they, with chocolate bits in them and that sugary ice cream that's sort of not really ice cream, ended in a flurry of capital letters. The Golden Globe winner insisted he was pro-vaccine. It's oh, got a funny way of showing it. He was only anti-neurotoxin. You're probably the same yourself. He said, repeating his claim that um, such ingredients as thimerosal, 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 and mercury carry a serious risk to children. Yes, because because Jim Carrey would know that. Be all those years at medical school that he did. Yeek, yeek, what a week. What a week. And and this is the week I put all my I put my life savings, which I kept in a sock at the end of my bed. My life savings I bought uh, drachmas. That's probably going to turn out to be a bit of a worry. What's this? Anti-vaxxer science cop. Oh, science cop, how anti-vaxxers put everyone at risk. Oh, yeah, well, go on, we'll put that. That looks good. Hang on, it's only two minutes, too. I like them when they're only two minutes. I'll press play and see what happens. Winning and grinning and so Oh, we've got to have a sponsor's message first, do we? Oh. So a recent report claimed that a 2004 study withheld a link between vaccines and autism in African-American boys. Rubbish! No surprise, the anti-vaccine crowd considered this a big win. Oh, yeah. But again, and always, they're wrong. Here's why. Jerry Kluger, science cop. First... The subjects excluded from the study had no birth certificates available, meaning data on their mother's race, age, and more could not be confirmed. And that information was vital for the work the investigators were doing. More important, the people criticizing the research make the familiar mistake of confusing association with causation. While it's true that the study did find a slightly higher rate of autism among some kids vaccinated between 24 and 36 months of age, it's almost certain that those children were already autistic and were vaccinated later as part of a basic health requirement for attending special education programs. If you join the army and get a mandatory crew cut before basic training, you don't then conclude that military service causes baldness. 
<laughs> Finally, the narrator of a disgraceful web video spreading the rumors about the study is Andrew Wakefield, oh, no. the British researcher whose fraudulent 1998 paper falsely linking vaccines to autism got the entire anti-vaccine mess started. Wakefield has had his license to practice medicine revoked in the UK and is hardly in a position to be offering opinions on anything at all. So for the billionth time, vaccines are safe, effective, and vitally important. Rumor mongering, on the other hand, can kill. So there. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter to um, just how many times people say about Wakefield and what a prick he is. It doesn't matter with them. I, I, had, the, I had the argument recently with someone on, on the web and I said, oh, Wakefield. Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't wrong. <clears throat> They're all the same people who put up the Dr. McCullough websites and the food babe type websites. And they, you argue round and round in a circle with them and it doesn't seem to matter what you do. They just put the not listening, not listening. His fingers in there. He's not listening. Yeah. And to show you just how well it's all working, the um, the anti-vaxxers from uh, the local dot es from España. El vivar España. La da 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 da. El vivar España. Unvaccinated boy dies from diphtheria in Spain. A six-year-old boy from Catalonia, whose parents chose not to, oh, that's a chose not to, have him vaccinated, has died almost after a month when he be, after the uh, uh, almost a month after he became the first child to contract diphtheria in Spain in thir- in almost thirty years. Oh God, that's so. That is so sad. It's so sad, isn't it? Of course, uh, our anti-vax friends, uh, he should have had some of those smoothies with all the vegetables in them. That would have fixed him. Catalonia Health Authorities confirmed on Saturday morning that the boy identified only as Pau has died during the night 28 days after he first showed symptoms of a childhood illness that has been wiped out in Spain. The boy from Olot near Garona had suffered respiratory, heart and kidney complications and had been kept alive on machines in the intensive care unit of Barcelona's Val de Hebron Hospital since the start of June. The case has sparked furious debate in Spain over the growing number of parents who choose not to vaccinate their children against preventable childhood illnesses. What is it about people? You know, I'm going to choose not to vaccinate my child. And then I'm going to get on the internet and tell everybody about it because I'm against science. I'm not against the part of science that invented the internet and does all that. I like those bits. I just don't like the bits where you're trying to tell me that I need to vaccinate my children because you're a fascist for telling me that. How dare you? You know... Well, I'm all for democracy, I truly am, but um, there are just some things that are, you know, there are just some things that are just, just stupidity, you know? How dare you? How dare you protect my children against death? It should be my choice. <sighs> the same argument I had a few weeks ago, as I said on um, Facebook. 
Doesn't matter. People have, you can't take away people's choice. That's wrong. It's wrong. Democracy must prevail. said, yes, I'm sure all the viruses and bacteria out there would love to hear you say that. You know, his parents have had spoken about their terrible guilt. Yeah, I bet they did. Over the decision not to have their child immunized, 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 and said they cheat, felt cheated by the anti-vaccination movement. And boy, are they! And boy, and boy, oh boy! It's just the conspiracy theorists. The tinfoil hat sales must be through the roof at the moment. It's like so I can't remember where I read it now. Someone, someone was it one of the school shootings in America somewhere, and then the. The foil hat brigade started harassing the parents of a child who was shot, saying, your kid never existed. It's all part of the Illuminati. And it cuts deep, too, because, you know, my son, he turns 10 next week. And, um, you know, even him and his friends, they all joke about the Illuminati. You see, it all spreads, even at a young age, you know. It's all the Illuminati. It's just they're, they're putting little robots in, our, in vaccinations and they're crawling around inside us. Ay, caramba. See, there are just some things that aren't democratic. You know, the law of gravity is not democratic. You know, rules of science and nature and things and stuff. You see, this is why we're the Dumb Down Atheist podcast. You see, I don't explain it. What I'm saying to you is, that whilst we should all defend our rights vehemently and, and all that, there are just some things that um, you have to let intelligence reign. You know, no matter how many, how many protests you hold in the streets about the law of gravity or saying whether, in fact, you know, the earth revolves around the sun or it's flat, or it, there are just some inescapable truths and sort of democracy doesn't really come into those things, you know? Why am I telling you? You, you know, you listen to the pot. You agree with me. You're sitting there saying, yes, don't we feel very smug? And we, it's, it, sometimes I wonder why I bother. I should just go back to singing An Evening in Roma, shouldn't I, really? Um, California's Secretary of Health, Boy Ruz, Boy Ruz, said the death of the child should serve as an opportunity, a very sad opportunity, though. Oh, God. I've got a bit very heavy of breath today again. Sorry about that. Should serve as an opportunity for collective reflection on the need to have the entire population vaccinated according to the digital newspaper, 20 Minotos. 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 Olay. Paul was the first case of diphtheria caused by the bacterium. See, my father got diphtheria as a child because they didn't have things there. He said they kept him like in a tent in a hospital with steaming hot kettles and things. And he managed, he survived. I mean, he was lucky. Uh, he actually survived it. But he said he was very, very sick. And I remember my mother said as a girl, she got scarlet fever too. A lot of children died in those days, you see. People of my parents' generation who'd be, you know, well in their 80s now, if you go and talk to some of them, if you can, you know, get over the fact you've got to yell because they can't hear you and all that sort of stuff. What there? What did you say? They'll, they'll tell you things. They will tell you things firsthand about what happened. You know? 
It's like our Holocaust deniers that we have there. Go, go talk to the people, if you can find them, that were old enough to see it firsthand, and they'll tell you a very different story. <laughs> but we seem to be... Um, we seem to be losing the plot as a society. We start to pretend that the past, which, you know, history, was all just made up stuff. And we choose not to see it. Still, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of um, Saddam Hussein's, what's his minister for what's his name, when the tanks were rolling through Iraq and they asked him, any, where, oh, do you admit you're beaten? What about the tanks? And he said, I can't see any tanks. What tanks? And there were tanks all around him. Whatever happened to him? I thought he got a job on Al Jazeera, that bloke. Does it matter? Not really. Uh, he was the first case of diphtheria, this pal person, boy, caused by the bacterium, how do we pronounce that? Corinibacterium diphtheria. Sounds like Cory Bernardi, one of our Liberal Prime Ministers. Oh, they've all cracked it here. Because, of, because they had that dickhead with the marijuana hat on saying about you know, off to jihad and ISIS and stuff, and they had him on one of our nation's talk shows. All our politicians, our liberal politicians, have been told by the prime minister that they're not allowed to go on it. They've had to black ban it. We banned it, banned it, which I think is really dumb. I still think by having that stupid little dickhead on, they did the government an enormous favour. The government should thank Q&A. Thank you for putting that fuckwit on. Because it's rather played into our hands, rather than then bag them out. You know, you should you should thank them. You know, I mean, then he went on that show with what's his name, Wally Arlid. Did anyone did anyone ban did crack the shits with him? No. I think they should thank Q and A. Thank you for putting that fuckwit on. You've rather proved our points. Feel free to put any other fuckwits on that you want. That'll give us an excuse to run around and take away everyone's civil liberties. <clears throat> you had to be there. All right? People overseas, you've probably got no idea what I'm talking about, but don't worry, neither do I. Since 1987, this is the first death from diphtheria, when it was eradicated in Spain thanks to a public health vaccination program. Of course, the anti-vaxxers would say, it was all the smoothies. We put lots of kale and banana skins and orange peel. And a drop of homeopathic snot. Alfonso Alonso. Yes. Alfonso Alonso. <clears throat> who's the clown from um, Spanish McDonald's. No, he's not. I'm just kidding. Alfonso Alonso, Spain's health minister, <clears throat> sent a tweet expressing his condolences to the family and friends of the child. Uh, he did it in Spanish, though, by the way. Which is, it's, this is just terribly sad. It really is. It's just bloody sad. And Spain's a very enlightened country. He said it in Spanish. Mi, uh, mi uno el dolore de la familia amigos del nino de elot, or have you pronounced it, I don't know, con vostros todo mi care, car, carino, mi, uh, oh, good crikey, mi recomendamiento el los sanitarios de Valo de Hebron. Which means what he just said. And I'm really, I'm really, I'm not making light of, I'm, well, I suppose I am a little bit, but it's, it's, it is terrible. When a child dies from something that's absolutely preventable, it's terrible if they die from something that's not preventable, but it's, it seems even worse, really. 
Eight other children tested positive for diphtheria after coming into contact with Powell, and they were kept in isolation under observation, but they didn't develop the illness. Because, you ready for this? All of them had been vaccinated. But as I say, why, why am I telling you? Why, why, why do I bother, you know? Why do you? Oh, someone, someone called Harry Phillips has put a top 10 here. Look at the Oh, what a bonus. I didn't have a top 10 this week. And look, in the responses in the local.es, someone's put a top 10. Now, I don't know how much of this top 10 is true because I've never read I'm only just discovering it for the first time, but I can't resist this. Uh, top 10 reasons why anti-vaxxers should re- do some, look up, is it? Listen up before they shoot their mouth off and look like idiots. All right, you ready? This is an impromptu top 10. You'll love this. Top, oh, number, number 10. 10. Number 10. Those children were isolated and treated as a precaution because they might be one of the people that does not seroconvert the vaccine and they might come into contact with others that uh, are convinced by anti-vax nutters not to vaccinate. There you go. Number nine. Nine, nine, nine. They were not showing any signs because their body was able to handle the toxins because they were vaccinated. Number eight. Right, right, right. None of the children were showing any signs of infection. Number seven. Only eight children out of handfuls that came into contact with this boy became infected. Number six. The diphtheria vaccine does not contain the bacteria. It only contains parts of the toxin. Number five. The diphtheria bacteria. Diphtheria bacteria. Oh, that's not a bad idea for a song. It's not a virus. It's a bacteria. So sod you. Diphtheria, bacteria, and Meryl Dory's running round with a protein shake. Sorry, sorry, Meryl Dory, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not. I'm sure Meryl Dory's got all sorts of reasons as to why you shouldn't vaccinate. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know. Is she very litigious? So I shouldn't have even mentioned. I'm sorry. I'm only kidding. It's just a fun. No one's ever successfully sued a podcast, I believe, for being funny. Sorry, Meryl, and any other anti-vaxxers that might be listening. Just tune out for a minute. Number four. Number four. Number four. Number four. Number four. Only vaccines against a virus can theoretically be shed. I do my show from a shed. Number three. Plenty of people can be infected with the bacteria and have no knowledge because their body can handle the toxins. While they fight off the infections, they don't even know they have. Yeah. Number two. The vaccine gets the body to produce antibodies against the toxin bacteria produced, not the bacteria itself. And the number one reason why listen, vax, anti-vaxxers should listen up before shooting their mouths off and looking like an idiot. Number one. one, one, one. The diphtheria vaccine is a toxoid vaccine. Now, if I had a studio band now, we'd play that out David Letterman style. Wait a minute. How do you do the Tonight Show type music? It's sort of a... No, not like that. Could it be more... No, it's not like that. Sorry. Moving right along... It's our old friend Pat Robertson. Now, we love Pat Robertson. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Pat Robertson says in the Huffington... Well, he didn't say it in the Huffington Post. The Huffington Post reported on what Pat Robertson said. 
Pat Robertson, gays will force Christians to like anal sex and eventually polyamory and bestiality. Okay. Apparently, they will convince Christians. They must have a very... You can feel comfortable saying that your compensation is $100,000 a year. Which one of these pages is doing that? Oh, again, you, you can't have pages up because it just doesn't stop, does it? It's just constantly happening to me, and then I have to keep turning stuff off, and I never know where it's coming from. I never know which page is doing it. Why me? Why me? Oh, it's gone. Okay, good. Must have been one of the... Pa- oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. It's on top of my headphones. Here we go. Take it away, Pat. Two minutes and 30 Pizzas, months. I think, you know, you, you might as well keep your mouth shut. Okay. I'm not sure I would... That's a good idea. Pizzas for a gay wedding. Well, most gays, if they're having a wedding, don't want pizzas. They want cake. It's the cake makers that are having... What? Yeah. What if you want pizza and you're gay? Does that make you an individual? wedding don't want pizzas they want cake it's the cake makers that are having the problem all right but uh, so blessed are the cake makers for they shall have the icing for their possession something like that let me tell you it doesn't matter what custom you've got it doesn't matter what holy thing that you worship on a door no when you've got your business open someone comes in and says i want a cake you're a baker just shut the fuck up and make the cake Never, I've never quite been able to work that out, really. But anyway. Mm. The gays are going to get it. They're going to make you conform to them. You're going to say you like anal sex. You like oral sex. Uh-huh. You like... Well, a lot of people like oral sex. What if you liked anal sex, but you were never convinced by a gay person to do it? What if you're a heterosexual person? Because that happens. I know it happens. I've heard about it. I've read about it in books. Um, mm. Bestiality. You like anything you can think of that to whatever it is, and sooner or later you're going to have to conform your religious beliefs to the group of some aberrant thing. It, 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 it won't stop at homosexuality. Yeah. We've got what's called polyamory. Well, what about that? Well, what about- you mean like in the Bible they had polyamory? They had tons of polyamory in the Bible. The Old Testament's full of polyamory. Lots of wives, tons of them, popping out of every orifice they were. But polygamy, ah. where you've got multiple wives. Ah. How can we say that one is constitutional and the other's not? And then, as you say, uh, what's so terrible about uh, having sex with animals? Well, that's going to... Well, the animals can't consent to it. That's the thing that's terrible about I believe, isn't that the case? I mean, it's not like you can consult. Yeah. So it's a it's a big leap, I think, from that to that. Sex with animals. Well, that's going to come next. You watch it down the road, and we'll Christians are going to be saying, "Well, you're intolerant. You're intolerant. You're you're trying to mitigate against these nice people who 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 like dogs. Uh, What's wrong with you?" Now, what's wrong with somebody that wants ten wives, five wives, four wives? What's wrong with you? The Muslims have four wives. And uh, the latest thing, of course, we've known about it in the, uh, uh, the Quran. Oh, what's, what's coming? What's coming now? What's coming now? Uh, uh, they don't like fornication. As a matter of fact, they'll stone people, kill them uh, for fornicating. But at the same time, uh, 
Uh, if a guy sees a woman and uh, he's attracted to her and he's not married to her, uh, he will say, I want to get married to you. And so they perform a quickie ceremony. She becomes his wife. They perform sexual acts together. When it's all finished, he says, uh, I don't really think I want to be married to you anymore. And he says, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you three times. And the marriage is terminated. No problem. <laughs> no, no offense, no foul. That's in the book. And so they go off scot-free. It is a weird world we're living in. And just ladies and gentlemen, please know that your deeply held Christian beliefs are going to be under assault in every single phase of your life. And it's going to get more intense and it's going to be more intense than Israel. So just get ready for it. Right. Mind, you, mind you, the other week he did say that the woman who wrote to him, his baby died. God took your baby away because he was probably Hitler. This is the same man who also said that Haiti's in the terrible state it is because they did a deal with Satan and other things. So you know he's Pat Robertson. What can I say? I don't think I don't think there's that many people. Well, then again, I don't know. I suppose, but you know, how, like some people are very anti-anal sex, not for religious reasons. They just go, "I'm not doing that." And I know some people may have come to like things over the course of time, but there's an awful lot of people. It never, da- it never, you know, it doesn't matter what. Oh, sorry, it doesn't matter what they do; they'll still won't do it. So I don't know if you can be coerced ultimately in the end. You must have some enjoyment of of it, otherwise you wouldn't do it. And there are a lot of people who don't, including a few gay people. Actually, I was surprised by that. Not all gay people do indulge in that. And as for oral sex, well, talking about it, it's lots of fun, isn't it? Um, and because they're very down on oral sex, aren't they? Too the fundo Christians, they think that's just so bad. Yes, and if you want to marry your dog, yes. But as I say, the animal thing is that they can't give consent, of course, you see, so it's not really the same thing. Uh, and here's the thing, here's, here's the thing. Well, I can't remember what I was going to say then. It's just that it's just that it seems that homosexuality, understand it or not, has been with the human race an awful long time, seeing as it's been in books talking about it for here since forever. Oh, they're going through a whole thing here. This, uh, you know, the government here is trying to. Start, I don't know. They won't have a conscience vote and. This is what I know about the human race. Whether you sanction something or not, it still seems to go on, doesn't it? You know. So whether whether they legalise whatever you want to call it, equal marriage, same sex marriage, whatever, people still shack up under the same roof together. If you go off to Centrelink, the social security people, if you're living in a homosexual relationship, they still say that still counts as a marriage in our eyes, buddy. Make sure you both declare your incomes. So on one hand, it's uh, it's not recognised, but then on the other hand, for all intents and purposes, it is. It's a bit like the argument about not legalising marijuana. It's people smoke it left, right and centre. It doesn't seem to matter whether it's legal, illegal or whatever. So I think it's a question of society perhaps being a little more honest and opening their eyes up to it and say, well, look, it's happening and can you really, I mean, shouldn't you just, I mean, really, when it comes to, I mean, really, 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 really? Anyway, I think we'll move off that topic now. 
Thecouriermail.com.au, you. It's a mega glitzy gospel church with an annual conference that attracts a massive following. But the new pinup boy is superstar Justin Bieber. Now, that, now, to me, I think already that's going to end in tears. That's what I think. I mean, they might as well go and try and recruit Paris Hilton while they're at it. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to end in tears. That's, I think it's, it's just my opinion. I don't know. But according to a scathing report, the mega wealthy Hillsong's church, Hillsong Church, which is currently holding its annual conference in Sydney's All Phones Arena. They spelt arena funny there. They put an in, arena, A-R-E-N-E-A. Is that right? Is there some old... I don't care. Is a cynical marketing machine raking in millions. Devouted Hillsong's volunteers, a current affair claims, which is a TV show. Uh, volunteers are being exploited by the gospel church's wealthy pastors who force them to work thousands of hours while they rake in millions. It's getting a touch of the old Ron Hubbards about it, I think. Spiritual guide, Justin Bieber hangs out with Hillsong's rock star pastor, Carl Lentz. The unpaid volunteers are even told they will fail their Bible college studies unless they give up their free time and devote hours of free labor to the megachurch. Getting Jehovah's Witness itch, too. A former ACA, a current affair, a former volunteer told ACA, a current affair, some of the volunteers were forced to work so hard and under so much pressure they felt sick. Came over all faint of the vapors, you know. Then there's practical love offerings, in quotes, love offerings. <laughs> Watch out, Pat Robertson will be after you. Donations given to the mega wealthy international pastors who um, are in Sydney to speak at the conferences. Hang on, my phone's gone white. My phone's gone whitey. Hang on, wait a minute, what's this? What's message? Message wait a minute, there's messages. Wait a minute, messages, messages. Trying to call on Skype, are you? Oh. Hang on. Oh, hang on, hang on, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a moment. Why didn't I hear that? Am I off, am I? Is that why? What am I? Where am I in this? Come here. Come here. Come Skype, come here. Skype, come back. Hang on. Skype. Show me online. Show me online. Why isn't... Um... Hang on, there he is. Why isn't... <clears throat> Come on. Oh, Skype not responding. Skype's a prick of a thing sometimes. Come on. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Skype is unavailable at the moment. Why is Skype unavailable? Fucking Skype. God, if it wasn't free, I'd crack it so bad. I'll press this here. Only you can do it. Da 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 only you can do it. Call Skype. I'll press it again and see what happens. I've got him on both now. 
I got him on both. Hello. Hello, it's me. Did you me- you message back? But my Skype didn't respond to you. Well, now- I, I I rang you twice. Well, I'm calling you on Skype now. Is it doing anything? Uh, well, now I've got to move into the room. Hang on a second. I'll I'll get you on Skype in a sec. Okay. Okay. You you do both. Do you want to walk us through it with your phone? No, he's gone. We'll see if we can get you on both at the same time, because that would be fun. Not for the listeners so much. Okay, press press me. I'm I'm. It's got it up on my screen. I sometimes I wonder about Skype. I really do. Only you can do it. Only you can do it. Only you... Oh, there you are. Hang on. There you are. Uh, soft Furnishings, good morning. Hello, does that go all right? Yeah, that's all right. We're selling um, safari suits this week. I'm wondering oh. if you'd be interested. <laughs> there we go. What are you up to today? How's it going? Good, good evening, everybody. Good, good morning, up. everybody. How are we all going there? Oh, we're going. We're, we're going all right. We're going in some, some sort of unfashionable direction, I think, but I don't mm. know. Uh, look, hang, hang on a second. I've just got to shut the kitchen door here. I don't like annoying too many of the neighbours with the yelling that goes on. There we oh, go. Oh, well, annoy them with the slamming of the door instead. I oh, know that won't annoy them too much. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm just testing out a dryer I'm giving to a friend. I've got, I've got a dryer going in the shed. All right. I can, I can see it from the kitchen. And, of course, if I see the shed on fire, I might have to go. Oh, come on. Don't be like that. Well, well, no, if the dryer catches on fire, I, I, I might have to go. No, that's be- see, that's because you've got a sceptical, analytical mind, you see. You think that's more important. Yeah, well, I think a dryer setting the shed on fire is marginally more important. Uh, no, only if it was my shed. Well, I do have an asbestos roof. How much asbestos you got in your shed? Um, there's actually a bit. Well, I, got, I did have some taken out, but there are still, there's still a bit of it. So I painted it in nice, thick paint both sides to try and make sure it's not gone all flaky. Oh, okay. Now, look, tell me, how is the dumbed-down atheist going today? You're going to be reading a few articles and coughing up a lung as usual. How are you? How's your, how's your health? Everyone out there is wondering how your health is. I'm a bit breathy because I, I, bought, a, I bought a mobility scooter. Yes, yeah, so how's it been going? Yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a good one. It folds up. So, like, folds up to the size of what? A small suitcase? Yeah. And, how, and they're usually heavy. Yeah, but because um, it's smaller, it weighs, I think, about 30-something kilos. That's not too bad. Yeah, and you just two levers, and it folds up to the what would be the size of a oh, medium-to-large-type suitcase. And then it's got extra wheelie things on it. So two of the wheels that you normally drive around on, accompanied by two other little wheelies, means you can just push it rather than having to lean it. All right. And, and, of course, I'm coming to Country Victoria in, in August to yes. Shepparton. Yes, you are. I'm going to try yeah. and see how we go at trying to get up there. Cause... Yes, it, it, it's got a bit to do with, uh, with uh, some, something a project Tim Ferguson is doing that I can say no more about. Oh, well, you've, I think you've said too much already. I've said too much already. But, yeah. uh, but by the time this goes out, I'd say more will be noticed. And it's got, already got its own Facebook page up already. Oh, well, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I found out that in Shepparton, if I get on the Bendigo train, that to get you up to Shepparton, I believe. All right, okay. Well, I'll, uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you details as they come to hand. Yes, I'll bring my fold up. I'll bring my fold up scooter if I possibly can. And, and look, I just, I, I just, I've just got a bit of uh, dumbed down atheist uh, appropriate news for you all, and some advice for the listeners. Go for it. 
Well, I've been reading. Oh, by the way, by the way, it's Maynard, just in case they don't. Yeah, Maynard's on. Go on. Yeah, go on. Oh, so, sorry. I stupidly would have assumed you would have introduced me before I got here. No. Oh, okay. Um, if you want to know what's going on, maynard.com.au. There's a number of podcasts there, podcasts podcasts. there which are of interest. Um, I've actually become a member of the Sydney Podcasters Meetup group. Ah. And, that, that's, and that's been fairly interesting because no two people are doing anything near the same topic. No, that's because they're sensible people. Well, it's like, well, now you've got an orthodontist, you've got someone who's doing architecture, there's someone who's doing economics, there's some people that do a podcast called The Lazy Couch, which is a geek show. The Lazy so, Cow? Couch. I thought he was a bit Alf Garnet, you know, Sally Moo, you know, and, uh, sorry. No, I, I think they would not even know who that person was. No, fair enough too. Yeah, um, yeah, The Lazy Couch, well worth a listen there. Um, and I, I gave them advice that said um, mm. last week, and a few of them have made fun of me, that yeah, you, shouldn't, you should be careful what you drink before you record a podcast. Like don't have tea, coffee or uh, bubbly drinks or alcohol because mm. it makes your mouth go like... That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. I got a coffee over here. If it was recording it at night, which it's not, I'd have a scotch. But uh... yeah, and, and and you know, it's not a hard and fast rule. But if you're really close on the mic, or you've got a really good recording studio, as you kind of have there. Kind sometimes, of. sometimes you can hear a bit of. But, but but I know you don't mind about that. But I, I, just thought, I, I don't care. I, th- I thought people. I'd mention that to people, and people took that a bit the wrong way. They think I think they thought I was only referring to alcohol. Oh, okay. Now, hmm. when you spoke to me privately on the phone. Yeah. You said when you gave them your presentation, you were going to use my podcast as one of the ways that people might. Pot- did you end up doing that? Did you end up? I, I did, and it got a big laugh uh, because um, I, I said, here's, here's an example. He goes down into his shed, he hits record, yep. he, he does everything for the length of time he wants to, then he stops record, uh, up, sends an MP3 and uploads it, and that's all he does. And, yep. and it's up. And, and there was a bit, of a bit of a giggle in the room about right. that. Why, what, and, uh, why, why did they giggle? Did they think I was very unprofessional or did they think uh, it was a good I, idea? Or I think they thought it was um, a little bit, um, I don't know, on one level, very Australian. Australian, On, a, yeah. on another level, um, you know, the idea that someone would do that seemed a little bit uh, – because most of them were very uh, – Anal. Anal is the word. Yeah, go on. Now, very interested in what software to use, what ah, microphone to use, and all that sort right, of thing. And, right. na- and naturally, you would be. But as I said to them, just do the show and fix up those things as you go along. Yeah. And, and don't get hung up on the technicalities of the whole thing because that will only prevent you from actually making the show. Yeah, because some people just do it on like a handheld, you know, um, uh, like a... Well, 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 that's right. I mean, one of the, one of the podcasts that people does is called Interest Only, the mm. Interest Only podcast. Mm. And every week or so often they pick something and one of the, like the one I listened to, it was all about meetup.com and one of the guys sent one of them to a meetup and the other one sent another one to a different meetup and they talked about the meetup they went to. Yeah. and. That podcast, it's it sounds like they've got the microphone on a table and they're around it, yep. and that sounds it sounds fine. But the room is very live; it's very yeah. echo, uh, yeah. a bit like my kitchen might be sounding at the moment. I don't know how's it sounding. No, you're good because you've. I'd say you've got a unidirectional um, microphone, so it's not really it's not it's not uh, uh, too, I'm, too I'm, affected by its surroundings. I'm, I'm using the Electro Voice uh, uh, RE50B is what I'm using, which is a field reporter's mic, and I'm very close to it. So all the people from EV, whoever the parent company is, tri- please try to remember maynard.com.au and maybe pledge him uh, 
something look, on Patreon because yeah, he, look, but, he's, spruik, hey, he's spruiking your products. Well, patreon.com slash Maynard is the way. There's about 18, 19 people who, who, who support me there, and it's getting better. I mean, I wish it was like 150. It'd be great. But well, I think what? there'd be more, but some people's parole officers don't let them sort of, um, you know, they're, they're very careful how they spend their money. Look, and just to be fair, the other two microphones that have been recommended that are good for field reporting and for close micing, if you're sort of holding it, is the the Rode Reporter microphone that's made in Australia. I'm oh, told. well, I use a Rode in the studio. That's right. And uh, the Shaw SM63. Oh, SM63. Yes. Uh, it, it's not as directional as the 58. Yeah, the 58's for your, uh, you know, your sort of your Peter Garrett Midnight Oil that's right, and uh, also for studio, and it's kind of a little bit directional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one of them floating around somewhere. I'm not sure. Mm, I've got a yeah. Ro- I've got a Rode NT NT one A or some some sort of nonsense. I'm talking oh. into it now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, look, a lot of people reckon that's a good one too, but it's not that great for doing field reports. No, it's terrible for that. You need to take like three suitcases to carry. Yes, and so see, one of the podcasters bought that and said, "Oh, I bought the wrong microphone because I've got to carry it in a big case everywhere." And so, yeah. So we had a good chat about that. So, hello to anyone from Sydney Podcasters Group having a listen. And I I also warned them about podstubation, which is where you just talk about nothing for a while. Yeah, there are a few potties like that. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you know, it, you know some people could say that, that you, because the way you wank on there a bit is about it, but I think... How dare you say that I wank on? How no, well, no, pe- dare people, you, sir? Yeah. People could say that, but you're actually, that's just your way of presenting the news. Yeah, but I, I get back to things. I, I don't get sidetracked that often. <laughs> I don't know. I seem to remember there was the issue of, of the window that was playing some fucking tune Oh, I did it. Last it, it time. Did, yeah, but that happens on um, No Agenda. Yeah, it doesn't happen on Sky News, but yeah, but it happens on No Agenda, and they're like the most one of the most famous podcasts, aren't they? But but they don't keep coming back to the same song repeatedly coming up on them. Yeah, they did though. I heard. Hey, speaking though of podcast wins, mm-hmm. uh, pretty big, pretty big rep for the for the whole podcast genre with um, with uh, Mark Marin with the What the Fuck podcast getting President Obama. Oh, pretty damn good indeed. I yeah. like how he. I like how there was a sniper on the roof of the guy yeah, uh, yeah, across yeah, the road. Yeah. Well, because I would like that. I would like a sniper on the roof of the guy across the road at, during any time, really. I mean, if someone's going to pick off like a burglar or something, uh, I think that'd be great. Yes, exactly. I wonder if they do that if Tony Abbott came to your place, but then the, the sniper might shoot you. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, look, I think it'd be great if you could just wing if you could just wing someone that was delivering junk mail. Yeah. Now, yeah, that'd be great. Speaking of what's in the news now, we've got the Liberal Party politicians have been told that they're not allowed to go on Q&A. Well, and also Tim Ferguson has announced this morning that they've also been told that they're not allowed to appear on Play School. Right. Well, fair enough, too, because Play School's actually more scripted and, um, and controlled than you think. People think they just get on there and clown around, but it's not. They've got no time for politician buffoons who might go on there and interrupt the flow. They don't, you know, they don't call him Big Ted for nothing. Oh, yeah, he's big. So I still think, right, this might just be me, but I think Q&A did the government the most enormous favour by putting that little dickhead on. You know, they're carrying on about, oh, it was terrible. But I would have thought for them it was the perfect sort of thing that they'd want people to see in big numbers so that they could justify, you know, the actions they're taking to keep us all safe. 
Yeah, I, I, look, I, I also think that they've they've tried to whip it to their advantage by uh, by whipping up yeah. the fever the fever about the whole thing. And uh, look, and look, David Hicks was on, yeah. and 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 and, and <laughs> with the Prime Minister of the time, John Howard, and. I, I think I remember John Howard saying something along the who's the same party as Tony Abbott. Yes, he is. <laughs> and his mentor. Yeah. I, I, I would think, and I think he remember saying, look, um, I think it's great that we give you a forum like this to be able to speak to me. I think he started his answer with something like that. Right. And then he, and then he went into, but of course I completely disagree with you and, and like, and like, just didn't disagree with the thing he said. But he started out by saying, you know, it's a good thing we're in a free company that can do that. Now, maybe, Maybe Tony should have started, put a bit of that in there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I mean, the, I mean, I would, have, I would have thought they wouldn't have needed any condemnation of the little dickhead because most people in this country seeing that would have thought, what a little f-wit. You know what I mean? I don't think they needed to really whip it up. And then um, the project had him on like the next night or whatever, and Wally Ali sort of got stuck into him and said, you know. You went on that show and it was supposedly to try and make things better. You just made it all about you and all you've done is plunge things back, whatever. You know, so what's the difference? They had him on the commercial network where the little plonker still held to his beliefs and said, I fully believe what I did was right, mate. Well, look, I I haven't watched Q&A for years because... Course, those stupid fucking tweets at the bottom of the show yeah, pissed me, me off yeah. because you know because I mean I mean it's great to be sitting at home and think of some smart ass thing to say and tweet it and have mm. it come up on the screen mm. that's great but it doesn't really add much to the viewing experience no well I, no I agree with that and I don't I don't watch it all I've only watched that little bit from it I tend not to watch it either it's and, and you could do this with any TV show like I present like the the tweet blocker just get yourself a a piece of cardboard that's the same oh, size yes, as, as, the, as the bottom third put that there and if you put that there for all shows you won't actually know who anyone is because you won't see their title so that could better. make it more interesting well then you might judge them on what they actually say as rather than where they purport to be from you know what i mean that's true. And look, um, actually, I started by recommending what people should be doing uh, that I've been doing a little bit of this morning. Yeah. And I, I actually have been reading the uh, opinions of the Supreme Court of the United States on the same-sex marriage oh, issue. Oh, now I saw that. And we've j- I've covered a bit of that. Now, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah, come no, on no, spit it out, spit it out. Well, it's a 140-page document, oh, no. but like, but like most legal documents, you can chuck away 20% of it straight away. Yeah, but what I, what I wanted to read was because yeah. uh, the because the dissenting judges normally you just have one judge that speaks for the dissenters, and that would Scalia in this case, mm. and uh, Anthony oh, Scalia, sorry, uh, Anthony Scalia, and he of course had a very scathing dissent that actually didn't really look, read like a, a a Supreme Court document. I mean, yeah. you probably you've probably heard elsewhere. He he said things like, well, um, you know, this and that about marriage. Why don't you go ask a hippie? And then, and then he said, and to open the uh, opinion with, and then he quoted the way the opinion came out, is just uh, ludicrous and stuff. So basically he was sounding like a guy ranting in a cafe writing a blog. It did not read like a Supreme Court dissenting opinion. Right. And so in a nutshell, what was the, what, what, what was the upshot of it? What did they say? Well, it seemed like it was a whole bunch of almost ad hominem attacks, actually, from oh, Scalia. Right. But that's not that's not the one you should read. The one no. you should read is the dissenting opinion from Justice Roberts. Okay, and then what was that about then? That was all legal based, and yes. he he presented an argument, and probably one you're going to hear in Australia and elsewhere in the world. Okay, that was that was non Bible based. Uh huh. And as we all admit, 
really the only people who seem to have the biggest problem with gay marriage are people that are Bible-based. Right. And he was presenting in the American law firm, uh, in the American law structure, why he thought it shouldn't be there. And he was going on about uh, how it had been this way in this particular – he was giving examples of uh, uh, cases that had come before, precedents that he he used. And his argument was much more uh, logical – even though I disagreed with it, it was still logical and it was a, it, it's the dissenting view you should read. Scalia's view is just some guy saying, get off my lawn. Right. Well, it shows that you're more learned than what I am because I had no idea any of this was going on. Uh, what, the dissenting views or what? No, just that particular report that you talked about. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. Oh, really? Oh, look, all of the atheist podcasts have been featuring Scalia's dissent. Ah, right. Because it's just so – it comes across as such so – it's uh, mean, mean. It's mean. It's like I didn't win, so it's got that sort of feel to that it. That explains it because I don't really listen to any of them, so that explains well, why I've never it, Well, it. if you'd listen to any of them, the atheist experience, <laughs> cognitive dissonance, even, even, even the skeptics guide to the universe mentioned this. Yeah, see, well, this is this is where you miss So you could just be repeating their shows and people going, fuck, that's where he gets all his stuff from. Well, the, see, now, when I started, before I started, when I wanted to do a podcast, I used to listen to all those podcasts. Then I started to do a podcast and I still listen to them. And then at one point, one of them here and there dropped off the twig. And then in the end, I thought, you know... I'm not going to listen to them anymore because I don't really want them swaying what I do. I would sooner do it in my own way because it is the dumbed-downed one. And I used to find a lot of <clears throat> a lot of repetition between them all. Where you you know, if you listen to say eight of them a week, most of it would kind of be the same sort of thing, give or take a difference in presentation. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm actually probably going to stop listening to some of them. Right. Well, look, look. here's an example of what was written in the opinion in, in the for the case that was mm. passed. Mm. The history of marriage is one of both continuity and change. That right. institution, even as confined to opposite sex relations, has evolved over time. Mm. So you have sort of, you know, that, well, that, that's, that's an interesting, that's a good argument. That's a good reason to, to do it. Yep. And I'm, I'm just trying to find one of the dissenting views here. That's all so I can read to you. But, uh, yeah, I thought you, I thought you would have been right into reading the uh, transcripts of the Supreme mm, Court. Not really, no. No, okay. See, oh. no, 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 not really, because I suppose I have my mind sort of made up where I kind of sit with it, and I'm sort of used to watching the world sort of buzz around me. I'm I'm only here to really poke a stick at it most of the time. Okay, fair enough. And so that's like I don't pre-read these stories that I read on the podcast for that pure and simple reason. There's a bunch of people put them up on the web. I look at the headlines. I think, yeah, that could be interesting. I just cut and paste the URL I come down to the studio, I sit them out all in front of me, and then I read them. So for me, it's an as-you-go thing, you see. Mm, okay. For some reason, I think that for some reason, maybe that helps me to come at things from a slightly different perspective than others. And my stance on sort of atheism and stuff like that is that because no one's ever really proved to me that there is a God, I find myself in sort of the atheist sort of mindset or camp, or whatever you want to call it. But that doesn't mean that I necessarily pick up the banner of everyone else around me because I think sometimes we can all be a little bit guilty of groupthink. Okay. Well, look, here's, here's the Robert's dissenting view. And okay, you good. Heard, you, heard, yep. you heard me read it earlier. Now, this is, this is, I think, I don't agree with this, but okay. I think this is a much better argument than it's in the Bible. Bring it on. 
He writes here, and remember, this is the American Supreme Court. He said, this court is not a legislature. Whether same-sex marriage is a good idea should be of no concern to us. Under our constitution, judges have power to say what the law is, not what the law should be. Ah. And that's part of his argument. And I think that's that's a reasonable argument. I don't agree with it because you have to modify Mm -hmm. it. You can't just stick with your constitution uh, and the way it was. You have to move it with the times. But that, that's his argument is saying, you know, that we're basically telling people what it should be where people should actually do some law writing of their own and do it that way. I think that's what he's getting at. I could well, be it, wrong. So sort of law is law is law, And as long as it's law, that's what you follow. And if you want to change it, you have to take. Yep. Justice Roberts writes, although the policy arguments for extending marriage to same-sex couples may be compelling, the legal arguments for requiring such an extension are not. Mm. See, now, now one of my friends who's quite learned, Mm -hmm. I was having a talk with him and he was talking about the whole same-sex equality marriage thing. And And he said that, in his opinion... The more or less, rather than go for this equality of marriage routine, he he was sort of looking more upon the thing that, in a way, marriage should be done away with across the board for everybody. And he he said, well, you know, this whole thing about joint filing of tax returns and all this, that he felt that everyone should be treated as an individual regardless of their living circumstances and that everyone does their own tax return and you don't uh, you don't do the whole coupley sort of thing and therefore if you're unemployed everyone should be paid the same amount of unemployment or any of those things or any job should just be it should just be equal across the board if you choose to live with someone of the same or opposite gender most of that shouldn't really matter at all. Everyone should be treated as their own entity. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, if you have your superannuation, whatever, you should be able to pass that on should you die to whomever you nominate. And that's the same thing if you're laying in your deathbed in hospital, you know, someone says, only the partner, only the. You just tell the hospital who that is. It's either Fred Smith over there or Frieda Smith over there or whatever. And that should just be good enough where everyone just says it on their thing and everyone should be treated as the individual and that marriage in itself should pretty much be a concept in this day and age that you just do away with. You have your significant other person and that's fair enough in 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 whatever sense you want to do it, but largely everyone should just be judged as themselves. Okay. And that was his thing. We sat in a McDonald's talking that. Okay. Okay. Look, and here's a bit of Scalia's dissenting view. And this is what I mean about him really being a bit ad ad hominem. He writes, the opinion, that is the the majority of the judges, is couched in a style that is as pretentious as pretentious as its content is egotistic. It is one thing for separate occurring or dissenting opinions to contain extravagances, even silly extravagances of thought and expression. It is something else for the official opinion of the court to do so. So he's basically... He's, he's really attacking the court there more than their actual opinion in some ways. Mm. Yeah. He says, he says the nature of – and he quotes them again and he tells them, well, if that's what you think of what marriage is, why don't you go ask a hippie is what he ah, says. Ah, right. You were saying – that's right, yes. And, and that's very unusual uh, – unusual language for a high court dissenting opinion. Mm. You know? do, you, do you think really that a lot of we, – we, we tie ourselves up in an awful lot of knots, do we not? 
Oh, boy. Because yeah. I, said, I said before, I don't know when it was, it was the start of the podcast, when it's like water always finds its own level, right? If If you're attracted to someone of the same sex, as many people are, there's a whole bunch of people already shacking up with each other, right? Whether yeah. it's legal, illegal, whatever. It just happens because it's sort of the natural way of the way things go. It's like you can make marijuana illegal, but there's a shitload of people still smoking it. When, when does it get to the point where society becomes honest enough to kind of go, well, you know, all this stuff is happening. What's the real harm? Why are we dragging our heels spending countless amounts of taxpayers' dollars for inquiries into this and this into well, the, that. The, the, why, well, don't this, we, why don't we just say, look, you want to marry that person? Don't bloody marry them, for goodness sake. Can we move on? That's, that's Well, well, this came up on the uh, Reason podcast, which is another sceptical podcast you may ah, not right. listen to, the Reason podcast. Yeah. They said that, well, they were sort of saying what you're saying, yeah. but they're saying at some stage there had to be two guys, one of them might have been called Steve, that said, hey, I want to marry this other guy. Mm. And no one had thought of that before. Right, and yes, and yes, some people yes. went, some people like you went, yeah, I don't see why not. And other people went, no, that's wrong. Yeah. And then Steve went, oh, why is it wrong? Right. And, and here we are at the Supreme Court in the US. That's, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, it had to start somewhere where someone wanted to do something yeah. that other people thought maybe that's not yeah. something we and, should be doing. And yeah. so that's where your argument starts. And it doesn't matter yeah. what level you find with your water, there's yeah. going to be some people that go, well, I don't know. Yeah, but then they shouldn't go over and swim in the pool. You know, like, you know, like we, we supposedly teach children. Well, I think they used to. I don't know in today's education system. You know, once upon a time, people were sort of taught. Does it matter what people think of you? How about you just get on with what you're doing? Oh, and yeah, then, but and that's so easy to say. Well, it is easy Darby. to say. I know and it's to easy. to actually do it, at the moment, there's something I should be doing in my life that I'm not doing, yeah. and, I'm not, and I know what the thing to do is, and I'm just not doing it because it's too difficult. And we've all got things like that. Yeah, but that's up to you whether you get on with it or not. You know, yes. you know what I'm. You, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It's like all the people that would be against the legalization of marijuana, correct me if I'm wrong, would tend to be the people who don't smoke it. All the people that would be against same sex or equal marriage would all be the people that wouldn't want to be in that kind of relationship. So unless I mean, so we could all agree on. Uh, let's say there was something that people wanted to do, but it did cause terrible harm. I don't know, let's say you want to go on a rampage and kill people. Well, obviously, there's pretty good reason for why you shouldn't do that because other people who uh, who are innocent people... I, I think you've pulled a bad example there. Well, you know what I mean, but what I'm saying is... <laughs> what I'm saying is there's a reason, there's good reason for why some things are laws because there are victims involved in that who... Um, whatever. But if, but if uh, somebody smokes marijuana and they've grown the plant in their garden... Well, you know, how does that really, you know, what's that really doing to others? So the same thing would be if you're in a same-sex relationship or whatever, really and truly, you know, pretty much people in a same-sex relationship, they get up, they go to work, they come home, they sort out the bills. How on earth does it necessarily really affect anybody else? I know that the nut jobs, the religious nut jobs will say, well, children could see that and then think it's all right. But I, I still do firmly believe that you're pretty much born the way you are. And 
I do. Look, I, you know, the, 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 the only non-religious argument that seems to come from it is that somehow people who are married will feel it in some way devalues their relationship, which is also a pretty specious argument. It's really. a very specious argument because that's almost the same as saying, what if I'm married to someone and then I see someone who's married to someone else and I think their wife's more attractive than mine? Therefore, I suddenly feel my relationship's been devalued by this. Well, well, you know what? That's just something you feel. That other person's marriage wasn't set about just to make you feel inadequate. They met, however, it's really got, it's really got nothing to do with you. You know what so I mean? What about, so what about what's happened in Montana now where a guy has filed for polygamous marriage? Well, yeah, I know what you're saying, but... I mean, which... which is fine. If but, you're, all right, well, if you're asking. But the, yeah. but the problem is, yeah. uh, I, I think, it, you've, uh, unlike same-sex marriage, there are some serious legal issues which need to be sorted before this because yeah. um, polygamous marriage by its very nature is a bit more tricky legally yeah. and particularly what about polygamous divorce? Well, what if one, one yeah. person wants to leave the relationship, there's still two or more people there okay. dividing up a property and okay. children? The, well, the polygamous divorce could be a real legal minefield. Yeah, it could be. But then I would have to say to you, apples and oranges. Because a polygamous marriage uh, compared to a same-sex marriage might be a little bit like comparing apples to oranges. And, yeah, well, and, well, I wasn't saying there was anything wrong with uh, the same-sex so that, marriage. That, that would be my argue with that. And um, legal things are messy enough as it is. Yes, fair enough. I'm sure that would be the way it is. Uh, but But still, it sort of comes back a little bit to my argument. However... There are still a bunch of people out there shacking up and doing exactly that anyway. There is, oh, 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 yes, you know, there are. Our um, suburbs are full of polygamy. It's just, and I know people. It's I know people that are indulge in, or they would call it polyamory rather than polygamy. But a kind of it's kind of the same thing. Uh, well, I, well, yeah, I think. But polygamy, yeah, you're all under the one roof, and it's a legal relationship. And 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 see, the problem there isn't in what the people are doing is wrong. It's in codifying it legally so that every, it's, it's fair to everyone. That's the hard bit. Yeah, I know. But, um, but the thing is, if you're in a, say, a polygamist, uh, let's say it's a de facto or a polyamorous relationship and there are children from that relationship and it all busts up, um, there are still the same sort of child support issues. And I wouldn't be surprised if people still couldn't bring things before the court in terms of... Um, forms of compensation and all sorts of stuff because when it comes to de facto relationships that you can still go before the court for stuff and I said before when it comes to Centrelink right they have it up in Centrelink Mm -hmm. posters about are you in a same-sex relationship because if you are as far as Centrelink's concerned that means you're in a de facto marriage and therefore all the same rules apply to income and assets tests and all that sort of stuff so on one hand we may officially say we don't recognise same-sex marriage in one government department, but I tell you what, when it comes to paying stuff out and who's entitled to what, there's another government department that's very prepared to say, as far as we're concerned, it's exactly the same thing, whether you've got a marriage certificate or not. So that would mean. So what do you do if you're in a polygamous relationship and you potentially have four or more incomes coming into the house? Well, household? I don't know because I didn't see any posters up in Centrelink about that. Yeah, well, well, look, Centrelink are obviously behind the ball here. The Dumb Down Atheist podcast is raising this as a burning social issue immediately. I mean, obviously, 
it would be best if they weren't recognised because mm. it would be good to have four incomes coming into the house and not having it assumed as one relationship marriage income ball. See, so yep. that's 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 a minefield. But then, but then, don't they? When people live under the roof, now I've been led to believe, you know, when sort of platonic people live under the roof, don't sometimes they still take that into account anyway? Not that I know of, Not that but you know of. I, I don't know. There might be some situations where they do. There might be a listener that's had a visit from people. Because uh, yeah. yeah, they do come around and see what you're living, how you're living occasionally. They, they don't do it to single people, interestingly enough. Right. But they will do it if you're in with someone and they want to make sure you're not actually doing the do. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's tricky. Look, I don't, I don't know all the answers to the situation at all. But what are you doing a podcast for? What are you doing a podcast because for? I'm, you- because I'm on a journey to, like, self-discovery, okay? Oh, you're in the podcast space, Rob. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, look, I was, uh, I was listening to someone talk the other day and they put the word space on the end of everything, the podcast space, wow. the, uh, the exploring space, the multimedia space, and I guess NASA would be the space space. No, the only space I've got is between my ears. <laughs> anyway, oh. when, when I called you, when you called, when I called, yeah. I, was, I was halfway through reading about unpaid volunteers getting um, – saying they're getting the poke from the Hillsong Church and how Justin Bieber's now become part of the thing. And I said it's going to end in tears. Well, I thought he was a bit of a party person lately. Well, that's what I thought. That's what I said. I said, I can see it's all going to end in tears. I mean, if they're going to get him in, why don't they go find Paris Hilton and really, you know, really go for it? Well, well uh, I mean, Justin strikes me as a very Hillsongy type person, apart from his alleged partying. Yeah, like he's got the look, apart from the behaviour. But in a way, he could be one of them because often, you know, people go into the happy clappies, often have very checkered pasts. Well, that's the other people that I thought I should mention would be against uh, decriminalisation of marijuana, and that is ex-marijuana smokers. Well, I'm an ex-marijuana smoker and I'm not against the... um uh, it'll be 10 years very soon. My boy turns 10 next week, so it'll be um, 10 years just shortly after he turns 10. Right. Well, well, because, you know, there are, you know, there's nothing worse than an ex-smoker for well, anyone, anyone lighting up a cigarette. Well, they'd, well, the people who still smoke dope would love me then because um, I'm all for the legalisation of it. I've, I've, never, I've never understood why it was illegal in the first place. I only, well, 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 I only... This was actually discussed at, at the Sydney uh, Skeptics, Skeptics in the pub. They were having a, yeah. a bit of a chat about what, uh, what the uh, Sydney Skeptics should be interested in, the mm. Australian Skeptics should be. And that was one of the issues that was raised as a possible uh, one to, uh, to get on board with, and that was the decriminalisation of marijuana. And uh, I thought it was a good one. I'm not quite sure if that's as sceptical. Because these are extra ones that they're thinking of adding mm. on top of the anti-vaccination and that kind of stuff. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what did they do? Have a listen to the Skeptic Zone this week. There's a great interview with Nicole Rogerson from Autism Awareness Australia talking about her journey space as a mother wow. of, of, of a child with autism and how she uh, fell for a couple of the uh, woo cures over the years. Oh, really? Well, you see, we're all prone to it. You've got to well, get yeah, your wits said, about you. you, you know. she, she said you, you get dead. Desperate, you know, yes. obviously, as, as a parent, I mean, you would understand that. And she, she spent $4,000 in one session for the child to just to listen to some 
music that had certain oh, um, yeah. uh, tones in it. Oh, and they went, oh, well, obviously you've got to go more than once. So she spent $8,000 oh. on, on the And she said, said, you get in that space where, look, you know, you'll try anything. And if it looks okay on the website, you know, so she was understanding how people do fall for woo with that sort of thing. Well, of course they do because the road to help is paved in good intentions. That's the, Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, well, look, I knew some people who were very Bible thumpy, very homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person, however, ran a uh, public sort of broadcasting type thing for a while. He was very open-minded when it came to that. But then I, as I got to know the family, I realised they were all young earth creationists and various things. But they had a, they had a child who was profoundly autistic. And um, they did the musical therapy type stuff and said, oh, we can see the improvement. It's this, that or the other. But I... As much well, as well, as much well, as some I of the musical therapy, some of the musical therapy might be good because it 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 encourages interaction. But well, this one she was talking about yeah. was you just put, you just put the kid in a room and it listens to music for oh, half an hour. Dear. Like there's no people doing anything. Musical therapy is a different thing yeah. where there are people interacting with the child, so it may have some value. I don't know. Well, it might, but I did tend to think, just in my limited experience, I tended to think that I thought it was a bit of confirmation bias going on. I mean, I didn't want to shoot them down in flames because I thought, well, they're nice people, which many people are. But to me, I thought, oh, I don't know if this is really doing anything. Well, yeah, well look, I yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. I, it, it may because of the interaction. I was watching some of the uh, training that uh, some of the training they were doing with the kids where she was at the Lizard Centre there, which, which is a, a – I think it's a, quite an expensive program they have there, but it's a one-on-one training thing. And they were doing a very simple thing with, with the child that I saw. They were – he was walking right next to the, the, the lady who was giving him the therapy and then she would stop and he would stop. And every time he stopped and did it correctly, he could play a bit more of a game on the iPad. Now, that right. was his – his reward and the idea all they were trying to do there was try and teach him not to run off on his own like sometimes or people on the spectrum will do they'll be in their own world and they'll yeah. run off and yeah. of course a kid could run into the road or in a shopping center or something that could be very dangerous and so that's what they were doing to try and do that now to me that sounds like it could be slightly evidence-based yes 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 well um, it could well be but she did point out that at the center they had there and she said this in the interview not once in their years of operation has the government come to see what they're doing and audit it and she was appalled by that that they had yeah. never come to have a look and see what they're doing they could actually been doing i mean obviously they haven't had any complaints but still you would think that they would in every once a year come around and just see what therapy you're providing yeah you might well think that but i from what i can see they don't they don't police things too heavily yeah i mean obviously it's a resources issue but you know i guess the ndis is supposed to change all that Supposed to, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see how let's see how that pans out because, um, yes, um, yes. Mm. <laughs> oh, look, look, I, I, look, I'll just go to the other room. I've got to go fairly shortly, but I've just got to go to the room and bring, I'm going to bring you a list of topics that are on the next bunga bunga, and I'll just get your yes no opinion. Oh, Back in a okay sec- then. It's a shameless plug for Maynard now, which but it always is when he comes on because that's the price you pay if you want to rub shoulders with the rich and shameless. You have to. Oh, he's back. Oh, oh yes, I've been looking into getting. Um, oh no, this, oh no, sorry, I can't mention this on a recording thing. I was going to tell you something that was secret. Yes, I was. I was going to. There's something that I do that I've actually found a cure for. But anyway, we'll all right. Well, on. you tell. Well, you you can tell me the next time we we speak on the okay, uh, on right the private right. on the private phone. Yes. Okay. Coming up on Bunga Bunga 18, currently in post production. Okay. Zebra zebra penises. That's like where you have to. The bears eat you if you tread on the cracks. 
That's correct. Oh no, um, hang on, no, hang on. That's no. that's a, that's a leather club. Sorry, that's a leather <laughs> club. I'm sorry. I've got um, that wrong. Uh, how to deal with the issue of being asked, "Are you the real Maynard?" Mm. Oh, okay. Have you got doppelgangers? Uh, no, no, no. This is when people say, "Are you the real Maynard?" Which has happened to me in the last week or two. Do they mean, "Are you the real Maynard from Triple J?" Or are you that Maynard that used to be Doby with Doby Gillis? Well, the most likely Maynard would be the one that is in Tool. And oh, now, there's another one. Okay, uh, Maynard James Keenan. Ah, I, I think that that that's his name. Yeah, and because he's, he was in Tool and Perfect Circle. Ah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, he's he's much respected. And a lot of people oh. get confused. Um, a whole so, bunch of other bands I don't listen to. Yeah, go on. Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we answer that question. Uh, who was the first? Who claims to be the first environmental senator in power in Australia? We talk about him. Oh. Um, mm. Any hint? Who was it? Oh, you, I'm not, you don't want to I'm give it away. To, you don't want to give it away, do you? He was in the Hawke government, but that's all I'm saying. Um, I had to get thrown out of a meet and greet with Madonna. Oh, that wouldn't be too hard. I could do that. We go into detail about the underpants that Sting wore in the movie Dune. Oh God, that was an awful film. It, oh! if, if you if you Google Dune and Sting, you'll see him there in his fantastic oh, underpants. I hated that movie so much. Oh, God, I yeah. hated that film. No, but I'm going to say, I'm going to take a guess and say that Mr. Ferguson would give that a thumbs down. Um, he talk, We talk mainly about his character in the movie, but we'll uh, be able to debunker it. And the, look, the, he, only he thing, did... the only thing that would make him really hate it would have been if Morrissey had been in it. Well, someone did say as on our Bunga Bunga Facebook page, go there and have a look. They said, oh, are there any other 80s singers Ferguson has an opinion about? Just about and everyone, I think. And, and so I wrote, well, why don't you make a list, smart-ass, thinking that they wouldn't be bothered? And, and they, they did. did. Yeah, they they did. And, and so we ran them all past Tim, and uh, one of them was Deborah Harry, who he says she can sing, but she sure can't dance. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, and uh, and uh, also Billy Bragg is someone that oh. it, ter- it turns out that Tim has quite a strong opinion about, mainly because the other members of the Doug Anthony All-Stars, uh, Richard and Paul, really love him. So Yeah, course, I was going to say Tim him. would yeah. hate him too because Tim's the right the right winger. That's right. And uh, did, he, he doesn't hate Colin Hay, does he? Tell me he doesn't hate Colin Hay, please. He, he didn't he didn't he doesn't like Robert Foster, but Colin Hay never came up in the conversation. Oh, can you ask him in Bunga Bunga 19 to, to tell him to go easy on Colin Hay, can he? Cuz he's he got sued for down under and I, I don't think Colin could handle it. He might go Well, bit, well, well that, well that was well it, it did uh, some people think that uh, that was a contributing factor in the in the suicide of the member of the band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name mm. who played the um, sax? What's his name? And that's great. Very sad. If I, I was very strapped for cash at the time or else I would have gone to that funeral because I just thought it was a terrible thing. It was. It was. My son asked about him last night. You go on, go on, next one, next one, next one. Oh, and, and well, and the, the pull quote, and it's always good to have a pull quote from the episode is, and this is from Tim Ferguson, the only singer uh, I can believe in the sincerity of is Whitney Houston. <laughs> That's yeah. his quote, and I thought, okay. Well, when he said that, I had to write that down immediately. Well, she kind of she kind of lived the rock and roll dream when you really think about it. I mean, she's up there with what's her name, that other one who died, that woman. What was her name? You know, the jazz singer, not Billie Holiday, the modern. One. Oh, oh, yeah. The she drank um, herself to death. Jan- Janis Joplin. No, not Janis. Modern, modern, oh. modern, modern, modern. War too oh, much. Oh, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. That's it. Greg Ham was the guy who committed suicide, by the yeah. way. Uh, and didn't we? Uh, look, and didn't we all feel bad because only a week or two before Amy Winehouse died, we were all making fun of the video of her drunk on stage in oh, Czechoslovakia. Oh, no, exactly. Well, if you go to Czechoslovakia, you do tend to want to be a bit that way.
Although yeah. I'm told the second-hand markets in Prague, that's in Czechoslovakia, isn't it? it yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah, well, the ex-Czechoslovakia, I yeah. um, well, shouldn't be calling it now. But yeah, and, uh, and another thing we do is that uh, Tim Ferguson uh, does a Chicholina impersonation in a wig. That was the Italian politician, wasn't it? Wasn't she the one? Well, she was a politician, but she was known for being a, a porn a, star. A porn star of sorts. I don't know if she actually did hardcore or not. I don't know, but um, and yeah, and she was. Uh, I think Jeff Koons was the artist that painted her, and any painting of her by Jeff Koons is worth a lot of money. Okay, you know, you know, they're saying is that all the topics? That's all the oh, topics. You know, they're saying, the age dot com dot au is saying that. Um, the next thing that's coming out, because we've had our, our internet now is likely to be censored. All the corporations have to do is go to the court and we can block sites. Well, you'll be up for the jump. And they're saying um, the next thing is that porn will be the next thing. That'll be the next thing that they'll be able to shut down individual porn sites. Possibly. Uh, yeah. Mm. Look, you know, it's possibly. I mean, uh, you'd probably, they'd probably start on the wide edge, although they did try and shut down, oh, what's, what's that really heavy fetish one that... Uh, Fet life. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 not that one. No, that's... Um, that, that would be one of the last ones because that's a big octopus of a thing of, of people. That, that, that's like a fetish um, Facebook. Yeah, it um, is. An octopus. I've got to remember uh, that. I'm I'm trying to think of the of the one, and actually, it's actually good that I can't remember its name. It might be what, just what? as well because they might be listening, Maynard. Someone like they you, might. I reckon that I reckon ASIO would have microphones in your house. Oh no no, um, I'd be a big fan. I think the Signals Intelligence Unit would be after yes, me. Yes, I would because because no one else mentions them except me, and they see ASIO can do their own spying, but you've got to get someone that knows their craft and the signals uh, intelligence unit, it's their job to be, well, uh, as well as gather stuff, to be the engineers. Mm. So they're the ones that fly the plane near Indonesia's and learn all the Indonesian radio frequencies of their aircraft and that sort of thing. That would be a signal intelligence unit job, so I, I, I would suppose. So you've jumped over and brought Maynard's spooky action at a distance to this podcast. Plus, you've also mentioned all that court stuff that all the other podcasts are talking about. You've, you've mainstreamed me. You've mainstreamed me, Maynard. No, I, look, I, look, I have mainstreamed you, and I apologise for that. I think I should go and do Maynard! some... Sorry. I've, got to do some, I've got to do some editing yeah. on the Bunga Bunga 18 podcast because okay, I've got to do the go. edit and then I've go. got to do the mixing tomorrow. And okay. so I want to get it out. All right. And, and look, thank you. Look, it's maynard.com.au. And what, next, what topic are you going off on next? I'll go, I, I will just go back to halfway through the um, Hill Songs with Justin Bieber and the volunteers who felt that they were forced to work for slave type wages things. And I please implore, implore you, listener. Get in contact with Rob, ask him a question, interact with his show. Uh, how can people do that? What's the best way to get onto you? Uh, well, they can go to my Spreaker site where the Dumb Down Atheist is, and there you'll find my email address. Or you can just come to my Facebook page, which is Robert Darby 902 If you throw that into Google, Robert Darby 902 it'll just take you to my Facebook page, and then you can sign up and befriend me, and I'll let you in, and... You can bother me the way that other people do. Look, yeah, you, you can ask some questions. You can twist the agenda. Look, there's, there's people in the Signals Intelligence Unit in Canberra now that are signing up and going to that page. Fair enough, too. They're not Really, they're not going to find much other than like a thistle blowing through a ghost town, but anyway. Oh, look, now, see, well, well they're, going, they're thinking, hang on a minute, he's putting out enough disinformation on his own. We don't need to do anything. They need very, I, yeah, They don't need to worry. They're fine. Okay. Okay. I'll see you later, Robert. Goodbye, Have a good my show. friend. I'll talk to you soon. You can tell me that secret thing. I'll be looking forward to hearing that. Ooh, bunga, oh, bunga. Juicy gossip. Bye, bye. Maynard. Bye. Your turn. There we go. Right, I'm going to hang up on him now. Bye. Oh, he's gone. Hey, hey, hey.
A former volunteer told the Australian, uh, was it a current affair, that they were forced to work so hard and they felt sick. These are the volunteers from Hillsong, by the way. Yes, I know it's a long way round, but what do you want? You're getting it for nothing. I'm not hitting you up on Patreon for anything. Then there's the practice of love offerings. Oh, yeah, we did that, didn't it? Who we were given to international pastors that speak at the conferences. Parishioners are encouraged to dig deep. Did dick, dick did. Dig deep. Uh, with some of the pastors earning thirty to $40,000. Ooh, that's nice, isn't it? Speaking at two or three different services a day during the annual conference. Investigative reporter Adam Shan told a... Should I start listening to everyone's pod? No, I'm not going to do that. Other people's podcasts? I don't know. I could go back to... Do- I don't know. I can't be bothered. Oh, stop it, you silly microphone. There are bags of cash, literary bags of cash, within this love offering circuit. I wonder if they pay GST on. Oh, no, they don't, because they're a religion. They don't pay tax. They walk out of the country with cash in their bags, and it's not declared. How much they take out, we have no idea, because they don't tell us. (laughs) How is it God so terrible with money? It's funny, isn't it? First of all... Because I know, I know people that go to churches, you know, at some point in their life, they may have a, like a little personal crisis or something. And they pop on down to a church because they're feeling a bit, you know, a bit whatever. And then three or four times they visit and then the then someone gives them a little tap on the shoulder and says, you know, rather than put the money in the plate, we'd, we'd prefer it if you just give us your BSB number of your bank account and you can pledge your tithing the easy way. And then a lot of people come back thinking, what, 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 what? Jim, that reminds I must just make a quick... I've got to pause this and make a quick phone call regarding my son because he's out ice skating with friends and I've just got to find out when he's being dropped off. Just hang on a second. I'm just going to pause this and I'll be back, all right? Don't go anywhere. Ah, uh, okay, I'm back. You've got to check out with kids in case they're going to be dropped off at your front door and you don't know they're there. Uh, they walk out with cash in their bags. This damning investigation claimed that Hillsongs is similar to the Church of Scientology and was more like a cult than a proper religion. A proper religion. <laughs> yes, it's only a question of scale, isn't it, really? A cult's only... Oh, no, you can have big cults because people tend to think of North Korea as being a huge big cult. Hillsong's leader, Pastor Brian Houston... No, no, Brian. Brian, eh? Described the ACA as a one as one, as a one-man publishing empire. Described by the ACA as a one-man publishing empire. He is like L. Ron Hubbard then. He's living a life of luxury and his family raking in millions tax-free while the parishioners fork out their hard-earned cash, the report said. One parishioner at a week-long annual, annual conference in Sydney told ACA she'd given thousands. Thousands. Another man told Channel 9 he was prepared to hand over Hard-earned cash saying, I haven't given to Hillsongs, I've given to God. One mother of eight on Centrelink benefits said she donated part of her welfare payments on a fortnightly basis. Well, if they bring in the cash-free society for welfare benefits, you won't be able to do that. (sighs) I usually tithe every fortnight on my Centrelink benefit. That's my income. Yeah, I've always tithed, she said. Shortly after that. I think they lifted up her head to see if there was a lobotomy scar, but I don't know. I'm only making that up, silly woman. 
Former Hillsong Mania, ma- member Tanya Levin's book, People in Glass Houses, an insider's story of the life in and out of Hillsongs, an expose of life inside the church, had recently been re-released. She told ACA Justin Bieber's new role as Hillsong's pin-up boy, yes, as pin-up boy, the star is currently in Sydney for the conferences. Just, I can't believe this. Uh, would be a dream come true for Pastor Brian Houston. Hillsong Church has never really claimed much to be about the poor. They've only ever claimed the spreading their gospel to be about the version of the gospel. What? They've only ever claimed spreading their gospel. They've only ever really ever claimed it. Uh, and that they do need a lot of money. Yes, I've heard him say the sorts of things. I've heard him in the years gone by say all sorts of stuff. Because there's a bunch of Christians who believe, like, I don't know if I'm not talking about Hillsong, don't get me wrong. But some say Jesus was incredibly rich, yes, and didn't really like the poor. Anyway, there's another thing about it here, Daily Mail, there's more or less the same thing, I think. Scientology has Tom Cruise, Hillsong has Justin Bieber. Bieber. The age.com.au Christian sex education program at Fairhills High School tells schoolgirls that too much sex will break their chemical bond. <coughs> Year seven girls have been warned not to have multiple sex partners or risk becoming like overused sticky tape. In a Christian sex education program at the public, mind you, public Victorian high school. The students at Fairhills High School in Knoxfield, Melbourne's Outer East, were also told that uh, a chemical released in females' brain made them more needy than boys. A booklet titled Science and Facts, together at last, in a religious tract. Can you imagine that? A booklet titled Science and Facts. Why do you get the feeling that's going to have neither in there? I don't know, that was given to students, said that girls are needier than guys in a relationship and always want to be close. That is why all the stars appear every time you are. It's a chemical called oxytocin. Wasn't that hillbilly heroin? No, that was oxycotton. Cotton, cotton. Oxytocin is released when two people touch and the honesty's too much and I have to close my eyes and hide. Ooh, playing naughty games. You close your eyes and I'll hide. Count up to a hundred and then you come and find me. And if you can't find me, I'll be hiding in the wardrobe. <laughs> and was produced more by produced by women more than men, making them needier. What do we think in this lightened age, my little atheist sceptical people? Do you think women are more needy than men? Or would that be would that be terribly sexist and otherists that I probably haven't even thought of? Here we go. If a woman becomes physically close and hugs a guy for 20 seconds, it'll trigger the bonding, bonding process, creating a greater desire to be near him. Then if a guy wants to take the relationship further, it'll become harder for her to say no. It's warned that having too many relationships could break this special chemical bond and harm a woman's capacity to form future relationships. 
Having multiple sex partners is almost like the tape that loses its stickiness. I would have thought it all gets covered up with hair and stuff. You know, that you leave sticky tape, it all gets hairs and gritty bits after being applied and removed multiple times. So the more you have, the harder it is to bond next. The booklet was given out during a weekly youth program run by Epic Youth, which is part of the Melbourne Pentecostal megachurch called City Life. I'll bet it is. We have the one-to-one church in this town. Everyone, apparently, we were talking, I was talking about my other learned friend yesterday at the pool about someone who's an Anglican, but every now and again he needs like a top-up and he pops down to the one-to-one church. And I said, well, because the Anglicans, you know, they're, they're not sort of hardcore enough these days. <clears throat> so you need sort of like an extra jolt. You pop on down to the one-to-one church. And was delivered during the school hours in June when you croon to the moon. A mother of one of the students who did not want to be named which would have been very confusing for her parents when you think about it, when she was little. You know, trying to call her in for dinner and she didn't, and she didn't have a name. Very, very difficult. Was shocked when her daughter came home. Does she approve of her daughter calling her mum? Was she allowed to be that? With the booklet last week, after attending classes for a month. Well, you sent your daughter in there, darling. What did you expect was going to happen? Then again, then again, we're not all as we're not all like me. I mean, some of us think, oh no, it's all right. We'll send them there. They'll learn them a few things about morals and how to be a good citizen and a good neighbour. Hi, neighbour. You don't always expect they're going to be taught about used sticky tape. That's right. The school had not sought parental consent to deliver the program. Oh, really? Ouchy, bouchy. You try so hard to teach girls not to be ashamed, not to feel like men can take liberties with them. It's dangerous and unhealthy to teach, to teach this to girls, especially while they're going through adolescence, the mother said. When asked about the program, City Life Church Executive Minister Peter Lee said the organisation cares a lot about seeing young people grow up well and engage positively, engaged positively in every area of life. The purpose of our school-based program is to, programs is to, alongside what schools are already doing, build positive messages in young people around a range of different areas of life, he said. Fairhills High School acting principal Richard Poulier, Poulier said the school had cancelled the program and would cooperate an investigation launched with the education department into why the program was run at school, at the school. The program has been cancelled, and we regret that these materials were distributed to students, he said. The school will work... See, see, this is what I say about letting them in. You see, I think, I think it's almost like... This is just my opinion, but I think it's like a kamikaze approach. At some point, the religious organisation says, hand the brochures out, look, we might be, you know, we might get kicked out, but at least we've done our, we've done our thing, we've got it into the minds of these young people. To me, it's a little bit like the kamikaze sort of approach during the war. We lose a pilot, we lose a plane, but, you know, we've hit the message in there. Because then everyone always acts so surprised, don't they? Oh, we let these religious people in, you know, thought it'd be a good idea, and then we found that um, they were sort of disseminating things. And we didn't think religious people were like that. Gee, gosh, what a surprise. And it just happens over and over and over and over and over again. 
It won't stop them, though, will it? They'll still come back. It's always the same bloody thing. Anyway. The school will work closely to, uh, with the department to investigate this matter. And make sure this can't happen again. Yes, perhaps at that school it won't happen again. I bet it'll happen at another school. Give it a few more months and I'll be reading another one of these because they always pop up. They really do. An education department spokesperson, spokesman, said the materials were completely inappropriate and in breach of departmental policy and totally out of step with the department's approaches to sexuality and relationships education. Fairfax Media understands that the program is being offered at other public schools in the state. Ha, ha, ha. See, what did I tell you? Deputy, deputy convener of the Australian Women's Health Network, Dr. Gwendolyn Gray Jamison. Gwendolyn Gray Jamison. She'd be Welsh. Would she be Welsh? I don't know. If her name's Gwendolyn, it could be, couldn't it? Ich. Called the literature rubbish. It's rubbish, I tell you. Rubbish. Rubbish, boy And condemned the program for teaching girls. They had to be chaste, virginal, and were responsible for what happens in a relationship. It is inherently unfair and sexist, she said. There are people who have written 230 comments. You can bet your bottom dollar we won't get through all of them. Um, people said mine. Oh, because it goes backwards. This is always the problem. So you read things and they're responding to things that you haven't read yet. But the comments are now closed, by the way. Here's what someone says. The Abbott government has committed $243.8 million over the next four years to the school's chaplain program. Of course, this is the same government that provides no funds for qualified school counsellors to get help. For the kids. Yes, we know that. And you know that because you listen to this podcast. Like I said, we're just hearing us. See, that's maybe. See, that's maybe when Maynard talked about the other podcast. Maybe why I don't listen to them. See? Does it really matter? Are we, are we just chasing our tails here? I mean, do we? I mean, does it matter? Our taxes are too high. Oh, says someone being used to fund abortions. Oh. When things go wrong or the child too young or too lazy, immature, lazy, needs to finish school, get a job, etc. If they're too immature to understand life, they aren't too young. This is one word, aren't too young for sex, said someone called Morris. I think he was responding to somebody who'd written something in a thread. So by me reading that out of context, it probably makes very little sense. And on and on it goes. Hi, Raj. I live in Far Hills. It's somebody which is a government public high school, not a Christian school. Uh, so I think we have a right to be shocked. And then something about send them to a religious school, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, that's what I say. ISIS. Oh, here we go. This is, um, isn't this what Maynard was talking about? Scottus, wasn't he talking about that? Did he talk about that before? He did, didn't he? ISIS celebrates SCOTUS decision by tossing four accused gay men off the roof. See, they've got an opinion, Maynard. See, they've got an opinion. Oh, and ISIS have prompted a July 4th concern. Oh, no, well, it's already past July 4 now. It's July 6th. The jihadist group, oh, this is from Bribart.com. The jihadist terror group Islamic State responded, responded in their resplendence to the Supreme Court decision on gay marriage by killing accused gay men by pushing them off a roof. 
So someone said, why don't they behead them? Why do they push them off the roof? And I said, I don't know the answer to that question. Released on the same day as the US Supreme Court's decision legalising homosexual marriage that um, Maynard was talking about before. Who knows? He knows a lot more about it than I do. Um, I mean, I don't have time to read everything that comes off. I'm, most of the time I'm listening to circus music in my head. That's it, you know? Shows ISIS militants pushing... Sur- the official Twitter account of the human rights watchdog, Rucker, is being slaughtered silently using LoveWin's hashtag that four gay men were pushed to their death to celebrate the ruling. The tweet includes photos of the execution, including one particularly graphic photo. Reader discretion is advised. This ain't going to be good. Some reports said during the execution, ISIS supporters ironically used the Love Wins hashtag to mock the gay rights advocates in America. ISIS reportedly uses firing squads to entrap gay men and then executes... Oh, I need to turn this heater off. It's too hot. Oh, come on. Stop it. Turn off. Now I'm sweltering. Oh, it's cold at the moment outside. I gotta go away, baby, it's cold outside. This is not the first time ISIS has killed men suspected of being gay in such a way. Back in January, they went on an execution spree, killing 17 men, stoning several young women, and just pretty much doing the things they always do, really. Blah, 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 adultery, yes, they don't like... Every smoker should be aware that with every cigarette he smokes, in a state of trance and vanity, is disobeying God. So what if you'd smoke them not in a state of trance and vanity? Is that all right? ISIS scholars, <laughs> that's an oxymoron, argue that harsh punishments such as the ones they've been re- enforcing are a necessary deterrent to what they categorise as sinful behaviour. So they really don't want you to be pure of heart. They just want you to be pure of action. They just want you to be frightened to do anything. It doesn't matter if you carry that in your heart. And I thought the nature of sin was what you carry in your heart. Not in your heart, in your head. When I say heart, I'm speaking metaphorically. Am I? Is that what I'm speaking? Or am I just speaking a lot of shit? I don't know. In reality, jihad is a heavy responsibility and requires toughness, one ISIS-affiliated radical cleric said. Right. And there are comments, and I can't be bothered with them either. So next next one, please, because we're getting towards the end now. I've only got 15 minutes left. Telegraph Co. UK, Islamists only want one thing and we cannot appease them. Like old Leninists, ISIL truly believes it can only defeat the conspiracy that runs the world. There's no possible common ground. David Cameron calls ISIL an extremist threat to the Western way of life. On the face, it seems ridiculous. How could a bunch of relatively poor, ill-armed fanatics and psychopaths conceivably topple... Wasn't he in, um, he was in Fiddler on the Roof, wasn't he, Topple? If they were a rich man, Ill-armed fanatics and psychopaths conceivably topple what remains the most dominant civilization since the Roman Empire. Oh, your father was a Roman. In physical terms, they can't yet. We in the West have spent have much more money, more weapons, though in Britain we've been doing our best to weaken ourselves militarily. And greatly superior technologically. Technologically. While 
Islamic fanatics can murder 30 British tourists on a North African beach. <coughs> we can probably intercept enough of them to keep their activities below a certain level. But consider the Tunisian effect. Only 38, only 38 people died. Like, at least they did put only in um, quotation-y marky things. Um, 38 people died. But each death spreads its stain. First, it traumatises the survivors, the victims' families, and even the nation. Hence our one-minute silence yesterday. Next, it wounds the host country, the moderate hospitable Muslim feels endangered, the extremist feels empowered, the entire tourist industry is hit, Western money disappears, Western leaks are weakened. The West's behaviour towards Islamism in general has resembled that of tourists more than any other mass occupation. Tourism is subject to fear, its object is peaceful relaxation. If your chosen resort suddenly becomes the scene of violence, you try to get the first plane home and hope that they don't blow it up, really. Yeah. You know little about the source of the trouble. You just want to escape. For far too long, we in the West have done too, have done too much for a quiet life. Fear has worked, which is why, ter- why terrorism is so called. In the early years after September 11, 2001, I found myself embroiled in numerous arguments with British politicians, senior police officers and secrocrats. Securocrats, that's a good word, I like that. Isn't that, that's, that's where you add, isn't that a, an ad addition? A conjunction, that's a conjunction, isn't it? Is that a conjunction? Thank you. Who put forward the fear, if it's not, don't write to me, please. The atrocities, these atrocities happened in America, they said, because the US was too big and provocative. Securocrats, I like that. It would be, it would happen, I'm going to look at it, that's got to be, doesn't it? That's such a cool word that this person has termed, coined. Is it coined? You coin a phrase. Do you coin a word? I don't know about that. You coin a phrase, don't you, to coin a phrase. Can you coin a word? I'm sure you can. Secrocrat's definition, I like that. A military police officer who holds an influential position in the government. Plural noun. But is it is it a conjunction? It is, isn't it? When you put two words like secure and democrat, you know, crap. Is that is that a con I don't know. Probably made a fool of myself now. Well, won't be the first time. Um hmm. maybe it's not. Is it? Oh I don't know. I wish I knew things. I should just stop doing this altogether. I think I'm just wasting my time, really. The world's not getting any better. First, I thought I could change the world with songs, you know. Then I thought I could change the world with a podcast. Um, It wouldn't happen amongst our Muslims, apparently. It's too provocative. The answer they went on was to placate my learned friend. He'll write to me. I know he will. Mr. Peter will write to me. He'll tell me what it was. Muslims, by praising their peaceful intentions, punishing Islamophobia. Would that be a conjunction word too, wouldn't it? No, that wouldn't be either. I I don't know! Conjunctive, as in like when your eyes get all pussy. Conjunctive. Hang on. 
See, my son's only in grade four, and they're learning that. And I don't. And I realise that I'm a bit of an idiot. Still, if you realise it, it does help. Conjunctive. 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 Best word list. Oh, autocephaly. Autochanger. Yeah. Elucid. Elucumbrates. God, elucumbrates. Multi-access, multi-agency, outcharging, outcharming, pediculated, persification, punctuality. Oh, punctuality. Subcritical. Taciturnity. Unchristian. Uncollected. Transductor. Translucent. Unselective. Zoo cultures. Woodcutting. Voyeuristic. Supplicants. Spectacular. Rusticities. Rubefaction. Recontinued. Persecution. Perfunctory. Would perfidious be in there? I don't think it would be, would it? I like that word. No, it's not there. Of course it isn't. That'd be silly. Um, Pulsritude. Pulse, P-U-L-C-H-R-I-T-U-D-E. Pulsritude. Racquetball. Is it incub- incongruent? Inclusivity. Gesticulate. Elucidate. Ejacula- ejaculative. Ejaculation. Well, there you go. So I don't know. I still, I think it could be though, couldn't it? Just a little bit. Indulge me on this one. Securocrats. But maybe it isn't. The answer is the, 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 nim, 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 nim. the answer they went on was to placate Muslims by praising their peaceful intentions, punishing Islamophobia and empowering their community leaders, often with government money. <laughs> They were almost uncritical about Muslim leaders, their denunciation of Jews or homosexuals. What about Jewish homosexuals? They would denunciate them even more, wouldn't they? Their subordination of women, their calls for Sharia, so long as it didn't perpetrate violence. As editor of the newspaper at the time, I was approached to sign a pledge to British Muslims. And was in the minority who refused. The topsy-turvy idea that a non-Muslim majority should apologise to those ranks, to those whose ranks terrorism was coming. To those from whose ranks terrorism was coming. There was even a semi-successful attempt by the Muslim Council of Britain to ban the phrase Islamic terrorism. This approach took a knock after 7-7 when most of, uh, when some of our Muslims, mostly from Leeds, blew themselves up with others. 52 dead and all in a tube in a, on a London bus. 
But still, most of our public authorities' media pressed on trying to be nicer and nicer to our collective shame. All main British media outlets refused to publish Danish cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, although they were utterly harmless by any normal British standard. We even tried to pass a sort of a blasphemy law criticising those who insulted Islam. The time, time has worked against this craven approach. Nowadays, it's more likely to be Russell Brand, see yesterday's outburst, wherever that was, not a politician who blames the slaughter at the sus on our foreign policy. Given the overwhelming, given, given the overwhelming evidence that the young men who kill are generally run by cells that are almost enticed and inspired by web incitements. There's much less talk of lone wolves. Few now believe that we can concede our way out of trouble. Um, we can concede our way out of trouble. That's right. You, you can't. That's right. Can't keep appeasing these people. That's what I say. As Tony Blair, who's working on another of his essays on the subject, is formulating it, is formulating it, the appeasement of the unappeasable by definition is pointless. Islamism is as unappeasable because it is a doctrine, not a set of demands like Marxist-Leninism, whose methods it imitates. It purports to prove a conspiracy runs the world, the anti-Muslim capitalist forces, America, Britain, the Jews, and the hypocrites, the corrupt regimes that run so many Muslim states, conspire to prevent the true Islamic state from arising. In this crazy but coherent account, it becomes possible to believe, as millions of Muslims apparently do, that it was Jews who bombed the World Trade Center. As I know intelligent people who actually think that too. Oh, you know, look at that building. Don't get me started on that. Colonialism, the Islamic story runs, is not dead. The humiliation of Muslims is part of the continuing process. The modern state has no legitimacy and divides Muslims. The only just form of rule is the restoration of the caliphate which the West destroyed. The role of devout Muslims, like the leading rule of the party in Leninism, is to be vanguard. knew there's a reason why the socialists stick up for him so much. From this, two things follow. The first is Islamism, though not the same thing as Islam itself, will have a strong pull on discontented Muslims. It allows grievances to brandish the shimitar, skimitar, scimitar of righteousness. Yes, they can be quite, vi quite violent with those scimitars, can't they? It is really a political doctrine about power, but its pseudo-holiness drags in believers, which means, which means that the extremists are, to use another of Blair's phrases, part of a spectrum, not a fringe. And here we have some video. Tunisia attack eyewitnesses. The gunman took photos of the bodies and laughed. Let's see if we can hear them. It goes for three minutes. Let's have a listen. See what happens, shall we? Well, first, we've, got to, we've always got to have an ad. Even in our grief, someone's still got to sell us something. We were lying on the beach and uh, we thought we'd hear fireworks going off. And eventually I seen the gunman run up from the beach and he started firing at everybody. 
Um, he changed the magazine, but at that time I just shouted everybody to start running because there was somebody coming up the beach with a gun. Everybody scattered. We all ran for the restaurant. Um, as we got to the restaurant, he was running around the other side to come into the restaurant, so I told everybody to go to their rooms. Um, eventually the firing stopped, it went quiet. Um, so I told Sarah to stop into the room and I seen three or four bodies lying on the steps just outside my room. So um, I jumped off the top of the balcony bit, went down the steps and along the wall, went to the first body, um, they were dead. Um, I seen the guy that was lying bleeding out. I went over to him, I didn't even ask him his name because I was that concerned that he was bleeding. Um, I shoved uh, the uh, towel into his leg to stop it from bleeding and put a tourniquet on him and told him to lie down. He was more concerned about his wife, but his wife was lying above him and she was already dead and I didn't want to tell him. Um, and the gunman was just around the corner about not even 50 metres away from us. Um, there was another lad called Keith, which was ex-army. He come round the corner, kept his head down with us while we were with the gentleman. Um, I had to tell him to his face that his wife was dead and he was going into shock. So um, we hopped his wife up and the gunman was busy that, that meanwhile with a gun on his back with a phone taking photographs of the bodies and laughing. What? Um, after that... After that, we ran up to the um, to the top of the building, which a gentleman was deaf, walking down shouting for his wife. Then the gunman turned around and started firing at him. Um, I ran up. I ran up and um, took him behind the pillar. And while the gunman shot at him, um, took out the coffee table. Then he started running up towards the tower. Um, I threw him in a room and basically jumped underneath the set and he threw a grenade. Then after that, it went dead quiet. We went into the room, which I locked him in the room and told him to be quiet for a while. And then we heard some voices, so I come back out the room. Um, so there were some Tunisian there, armed guards by then. I went down to see if the guy was still okay. By that time, the soldiers had come. Um, and I basically sat with the guy for a little bit and then the the medics come and took him away. I went back to the room to see if Sarah was okay. What you've been, both been through is unimaginable. And at that moment where you're trying to be safe and Paul, meanwhile, is out trying to help people, you know, while the gunman's still at loose, you must have been petrified. Well, after he left me in the room and closed the door... The Does she mean at large? Well, you get the idea. And I've got to say, Jimmy Nails lost an awful lot of hair. The second, I, I let that play so long, you know why? Because I was just leaning back about you having a bit of a rest. <clears throat> and he said the gunman came down and changed a magazine. He was obviously, um, he'd read that one and was looking for some other thing. Holiday makers, you know, guide to Tunisia or something. The second is the distinction between violent and non-violent extremism. They're merely operational. That's the difference, apparently. Islamists feel morally free to achieve their aims peacefully or violently, publicly or secretly, whatever suits. They follow a revolutionary doctrine, so there are no moderates. Islamism is, is declaredly determined to overthrow our way of life. 
recent years prove its determination is matched by ac- actions. Actions. Every everybody wants a piece of the action. And everybody needs a almost every day, almost everywhere. Like the Bolsheviks between 1905 and 1917, Islamists have moved fast from ranting to ruling, and they preach their creed globally. The, fa- the phrase existentially. Threat existential. Sorry, the threat. The sorry, the phrase. Existential threat fits. The phrase fits. Janet. This is what Mr. Cameron understands. The coalition he was actively uh, he was actively resisted. What? In the coalition that he he actively resisted by his own appointed minister, what? Said Warsi. And by his partners, the Liberal Democrats, he was passively resisted by the more Arabist side of his party and many government institutions. The Foreign Office, most senior police officers, many educational establishments, some in the various counter-terrorism agencies. On its website, as this column reminds readers from time to time... The security service, MI5, insisted that it does not investigate subversion as it did in the Cold War. Yesterday afternoon, it posted a new sentence anxiously emphasising the Security Service Act of 1989. It had created a much more clearly defined function, which it keeps out of all this mooky stuff. Officialdom remains uncomfortable with the word subversion, but it will have to get used to the word entryism. Hey, that would be a conjunction, wouldn't it? Entryism? Conjunctive? Which will appear in its government's forthcoming counter-extremist strategy. Strategy. Strategy when the feeling's gone. Entryism. Let's see if it's there. Hang on. Entryism. 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 Pull this down, please. How dare they say this show's all haphazard? I doubt that. Ent. Elusive. Empiric. Encountered. T-U. I don't think it is there. Entryism. Or is it only half of... Oh, I don't. If only I knew I was really supposed to pay attention at school. I could have really, I could have really done something with my life. <laughs> Which will appear in the government's forthcoming counter-extremism strategy. Now, with his overall majority, the Prime Minister is unexpectedly free. Everybody's free to feel and fired up. He will soon say more about how the transmission of the little challenge narrative of hatred drives frustrated men to violence even when it does not explicitly incite them to kill. It's not paranoid to say that there's a deadly enemy within and not intolerant to want to defeat it. And then there's a whole bunch of things and porn being the next thing and a motorcyclist who was charged because he got run over by a car, which was completely not his fault, but they found a trace of marijuana in there, so they charged him, even though he wasn't impaired. <clears throat> just before we go, a st- just a story, just a hand. The age.com.au. Don't, don't, 
Voters in the Blue Ribbon Liberal seat strongly support the ABC, a poll finds, because you see our Liberal government trying to do away with our our government-funded ABC, they are. They don't like us. But in their very seat... It's funny, that D chord... Not good. the E chord sound funny when you tune it to the D chord. Voters living in elect voters living in electorates held by some of Tony Abbott's government he thing, most prominent ministers ministers support the ABC so so strongly. They would vote to change the constitution to protect it from political interference. New poll shows good. Thank goodness for that. I love you Americans very much, but you only have PBS. You don't have as <clears throat> like what we do in this country, which is our equivalent of the BBC, the ABC, and it's important that we have it. It really is. I think it is. But what would I know? The polling shows a majority of voters in the seats held by Communications Minister Malcolm Turnbull and Treasurer Joe Hockey, the Minister for Snoke and Cigars and telling people to get better paid jobs, and Education Minister Christopher Payne, Pine, would support including the functions of the ABC in the Constitution to ensure its independence from government. Most voters in the three blue ribbon liberal seats also oppose the $254 million funding cut, Cunding Fut, handed to the ABC last year. I mean, see, they took away $254 million from the ABC and gave it to the chaplains in school and saved themselves a bobble too because the chaplain one was only like 230 something million, wasn't it? They took 254 off the ABC. A majority of coalition voters, coalition voters, people who work down mines, in the seats in the seats supported funding cuts. What? But most Labor Greens and undecided voters were opposed. I'm opposed. I'm appalled. <laughs> the polling by the progressive. Imagine if I had to take out all the ums and. I'd be here for hours. Read and weep. You may find a deceit by the pants listening, but on the other hand, Maynard, you do listen, because you're always telling me you've listened. See? The release of the survey follows the... Uh, see, I do that when I used to do gigs. Go in with a set list and then get on stage and just completely throw the set list out of the window and just go with the audience. Someone said to me once, you can't do that. I said, what do you mean I can't do that? Well... You know, let their audience request songs and just go out there and fly by the seat of your pants and have them all laughing and having fun. That's just wrong, this musician said to me. I said, why? He goes, because you prepare a set list and you stick to it. You never change. I said, all right. (laughs) We'll explain some of your shows that I've seen, how boring they are. The release of the survey results follow fortnights of heated... See, that's um, that that comedian, stand-up comedian and movie star Jeff Garland... Is that his name? Yeah. He does that when he goes out to do his stand-up. He has all his material ready, and he just gets up on stage and sees how long he can stay on stage before having to resort to the rehearsed stuff. So he gets up, and that's why his shows are different all the time, because he'll just get up with the audience, and someone might make a comment, and he'll make a comment back, and the next thing you know, they're off down a road somewhere. Everyone's laughing. My mate was laughing. You were laughing. Fucking funny. 
And uh, then, then if things go a bit awry, he can just jump into his um, stuff. The release of the survey follows a fortnight of heated attacks on the, from the, on the ABC from the government MPs over the Q&A's program to decision to invite former terrorist suspect to ask, ask a question. I got a favour to ask, to ask a question of a junior government minister live on air. Prime Minister Tony Babbitt, Abbott said, head should roll. He thinks he's the king. He thinks he's, he thinks he's the king, doesn't he? At the broadcaster, asked the ABC, whose side are you on? Deputy National Leader Barnaby Joyce on Sunday said he would appear on Monday's night's episode of Q&A after several coalition MPs declined to appear on last week's program. Well, now they've all been told, you ain't allowed. The Prime Minister's bandit. He's a bandit. No, he's bandit. Out in the West... Out in the West Texas town of El Paso, la da da dee da 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 Deputy National Leader Barnaby Joyce says he's, he's, he told the ABC Insiders program he thought it was an absurdity to invite the former terrorist suspect Zaki Muller. Zaki Muller, eh? Uh, on the program, but added. I think the ABC is dealing properly with the issue now. Well, that's what he said, and then now he's now he's he's not coming. He's not going. Not going to do it. Later on Sunday, Mr. Joyce withdrew from Monday's Q and A panel, citing a decree, mind you, a decree from the Prime Minister Tony Abbotts that his front benches are to boycott the program. You are to boycott it. Now, I have to laugh at that because the Liberal Party used to always pride itself on individual thought. That's what um, one of the previous prime ministers said. You know, we're not, the Liberal Party's not a, we're not a bastion of groupthink, is more or less what this person said. Probably less than more. And that, you know, Liberal Party people are, are able to think outside the box. I mean, their founder, Robert Menzies founded the party on that very sort of um, platform that he felt, you know, that there were too many socialist workers type parties where everyone towed the line and that uh, Australia needed sort of an independent party made up of independent thoughts. Well, obviously the Prime Minister's going to do away with that. Poor old Robert Menzies would be turning in his grave, wouldn't he? From the from the team that brought you Sir Robert Menzies, the adventures of Barry McKenzie. Anyway, democracy is, um, I don't know what democracy is doing in our beautiful country, but, but we're off, mate. I'm off. So it's goodbye to my wonderful podcast listeners. And as usual, I've given you the business. Groucho Marx would say, there's something about me that brings the business out in every woman. And I'm sorry last week I didn't do a podcast because it was school holidays and it still is, but he went ice skating this morning with friends. So you can either think of this... 
as being an early one this week or a late one from last week because it's only Monday. I go to the seventh bit of the chord just to put some variety in this song that I'm making up as I go along. Can you imagine them at the podcast meeting? Maynard telling them this sort of thing. They'd be turning in their graves. Or I could step up a full tone but make it a minor chord. I'd make it a minor chord to a B7th on a guitar that's almost in tune. But remember, my darlings, I love all of you, even though there's only a few hundred of you. And if you could tell your friends about it, it would be good. Although I don't know if you can really get them involved in something like this, because a lot of times you say, listen to this podcast, they listen to it, and people go, oh, that was shit. As one of my one-star reviews said, does this guy ever shut up? Although the rest all got good star reviews, and I never worked out who that person was. I'd go to a C minor. C-sharp minor, sorry, because that's just a little bit different than the F-sharp minor. Then I'd go across to a G-sharp minor. And I've got a choice here. I could either drop down go up, I should say, to a B or an A or to go down to another minor like an F sharp minor. So I could go back to the... And I could go over to the G sharp minor then drop back to the F sharp minor and then make it an F F sharp minor seventh and then to the open chord of B7. I've been doing this for a few years now And it's far from over And then I went from the see, yeah, that I did put I went from the A chord to an A minor see? And I've been doing this for a few years now Seventh And then to the A major Drop it down to a minor People like Roy Orbison used to love to do all that sort of stuff And um, Mike Nesmith's quite big on that As are a lot of people because the guitar is such a versatile instrument, you can take it anywhere you like. And if the audience turns a bit nasty, you can grab it by the neck and bash them over the head with it. So goodbye, my darlings. And if you're lucky during this week, although I doubt it because my daughter's coming up to visit, I might get one out on the normal time, which means it'll only be about three days between the first and then this podcast and the next one, although I doubt it because we're probably all going to be flat out. But you never know. You're luck in the big city. La, 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 like the hippies in California or San Francisco. So it's goodbye from the dumbed-down atheist Until the next time We meet on the internet Etherish thing I can't think of something that rhymes with that